0: On this episode we discuss Truth or Dare Okay, I choose Dare Okay, watch this movie No The Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington.
1: I'm Elliot Kalin, pronouncing my name the way I usually do.
0: <laughs> Elliot was so taken aback by that he had to take a <laughs> take a breath. So, welcome to the Flop House.
2: Uh, if if you're just joining us, if this is your first time listening, uh, kind of uh, like a little primer. If we <laughs> each of us were lettuces, uh-huh. okay, hear me out. Hear me okay. out, guys. If we, I were think each we have a no type other choice lettuce, but to hear you out, yeah. <laughs> Elliot would be arugula, right? Because he's spicy and a little intelligent. Uh-huh. Uh, a little intelligent. <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't I mean, I guess I was more qualifying arugula as being slightly more intelligent than all the mm-hmm. other lettuces. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, Dan, you would be iceberg. Um,
0: oh, yeah, standard.
2: Out? Because, because deep down, I think everybody just wants an iceberg wedge, you know? Okay. And me... I don't know. I'd be like a crumbled up bag of Doritos that you put on the salad. <laughs> Stuart,
1: you know what kind of lettuce you would be. Foxy brand lettuce. Because, oh boy, have you got it going on. Hey, you've been working out. What's going on, babe? Uh, oh, thanks, guys. You doing anything see, after we all, the show? Compliment-
2: <laughs> we, we all complimented each other. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so uh, that's
1: been the Flophouse, the podcast where we rate each other on a scale of lettuce. Uh <laughs> tune in. Tune next in next week, episode.
0: What are we gonna rate yeah. ourselves on next time? Uh types of radishes.
1: <laughs> oh, oh boy, wow. I gotta do some research. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta look
2: it up. <laughs> yeah. Known vegetable fan Elliot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll have to do research. I like plenty of vegetables, thank you. Uh-huh. You like uh mozzarella
1: sticks? Uh, yep, yeah, yeah. You mentioned Doritos. That's another favorite of mine. Uh, hot
0: dogs, let's not forget those. Uh, yep. Guys, can we just call this podcast The Sleep House and take a little nap? Like- nope, we cannot do that. <laughs> Guys, okay. <laughs> Think audience, about how peaceful gonna, it would be for the listeners.
1: Audience, I'm going to pull uh, back the curtain, and by which I mean pull back the curtain over the window so the light comes in and wakes Dan out of his stupor. Uh, Dan is very tired. I'm also a little tired. I was up very early this morning with a baby that would not sleep. And Dan is tired because he was at a horror movie marathon. And so it's a real Goofus and Gallant type scenario where we both knew that we were recording earlier than usual the next day.
0: I Oh, first... Ellie, you're too hard on yourself. You're not a Goofus.
1: Go, oh, yeah, I made the mistake. Uh, goofus makes the mistake of having a child. Gallant does not have a child and can do whatever he wants with his schedule. Wow, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that's highlights for adults. Fun without yeah, a purpose. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. You <laughs> find it in the uh, I guess the geriatric part of the hospital waiting room? Uh, you mean the hospital. Highlights for adults. <laughs> hospital, yeah. No, the <laughs> yeah, ger- no, by,
1: by no, by geriatric part of the hospital, you just mean hospital. Like it's Oh, that's uh, I get it. Unless this is one gotcha. of those this is like one of those future worlds where they sequester old people away so that nobody has to see them and be reminded of their own mortality?
2: I mean, what about that part of the hospital where you get to go up and look through the window, and you see all the little, uh, the little babies in the in the bins? Uh, yeah,
1: if it's sometimes full of babies, but sometimes it's just full of old people lying in those little bins, and you can <laughs> <they're> <laughs> like, oh, that's my old person. See, that's my grandpa in there. I, I think those that bins,
0: is, How does that work? Is that a take a baby, leave a baby situation? Or? Exactly.
1: Yes. Yeah. If you need a baby, okay. at, a, at you can just take one, and if you happen to have an extra baby, just be nice. Pe- you know, baby it forward, and leave a baby for somebody else to use.
2: And Elliot, I believe the scenario you described of babies or old persons was a cut sequence from the Metallica "Enter Sandman" video. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I think so. Uh, so, what, we so what do we do on this podcast for reals,
0: Dan? So, what do we do here, dude? Uh, this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. Uh-huh. And oh boy, is it the most <laughs> wonderful time of the year! Oh yeah, okay, October. movies. Because we want to be totally spookified for <laughs> oh, no. the season. Well,
2: as... Oh, it ever, as, wow. Oh,
1: sorry. What did you say, this, Stuart?
2: I was just saying the evil grin that Dan was giving me was uh take, giving me flashbacks of the movie we watched.
1: Yep. Oh, because there's a lot of evil grinning in it. Hey, do you guys like the Black Hole Sun video? Because then you might mm-hmm. like the special effects in Truth or Dare. But let's explain Shocktober I mean,
2: for a moment. I mean, that was a super popular video. <laughs> it was huge. Yeah. People
1: loved it. Uh, it was everywhere. So, October, as we know, ends in Halloween or All Hallows' Eve, the period uh, when the, the veil between our world and the world of the spirits is the thinnest, much as uh-huh. a woman's cervix thins to the point of imperceptibility <laughs> as a baby is arriving so that the child may pass through. Throughout October, the veil between our world and that of the dead gets thinner and thinner, or as a uh, mystic from uh, an ethnic tribe in a Richard Bachman-based movie might say, Thinner. Thinner. You can't see the hand motion I'm doing, but I'm making it thinner. Anyway, so we like to get people ready for that time at the end of October by talking about scary movies, because you know who likes scary movies? Who? Everybody.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know if that's uh, actually correct. But... So, uh... What were you saying about cervixes?
1: (laughs) Stuart, it may surprise you to know that a woman's body is not just always ready for a baby to just drop right out of that thing. It's got to be prepared over the course of a process called... Labor. Now, if you look at this okay. chart, you'll see that this part of the body is where the baby is, and
2: this did part of the body. Did you draw the whole? Did you draw that whole chart just now? Yeah, I did. I did it very
1: quickly from memory because the experience of watching this happen scars you greatly. And, you, <laughs> okay. and I, I see it even when I close my eyes, much like the scary movies we watch in Shocktober. Now, uh-huh. Dan. If I like yes. to ask you a question, we all know Stuart loves scary movies because they remind him that the only truly scary thing in life is not having lived fully. But Dan, <laughs> why do you like scary movies?
0: Uh, well, I probably actually like them because of my fear of death, and by you know going through sort of a kabuki uh, of experiencing that fear of death through watching film, I can overcome it in my real life.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A sort of a, a catharsis that, was, that becomes therapeutic, yeah.
2: So if, if yeah. that was your joke answer, what was your real answer? <laughs> no, that was my real answer.
1: And then Dan's my, like, my real answer is I love blood and boobs. Whoa! <laughs> no, that, get no that's go my... Wank.
0: Well, that would be my joke answer, actually. But it's also real. Because every joke has a little truth in it, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, so that chicken really did cross the road, is what you're saying? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm. Yeah, at one point... What's going on upstairs? There's a lot of banging going on in my apartment. I apologize if it's coming yeah, over yeah. on the, It's
2: uh it's like somebody is just playing the chainsaw part from that jackal
0: song. I think maybe they have like a a rowing machine or something. I don't know what it is.
1: <laughs> well, guys, yeah. that's been the flop house, the show where we talk about what's going on above Dan's apartment and try to guess what it yeah. Join is. Join us next well, week when Dan's apart Dan's neighbors are clearly having sex, but Dan is so disgusted by it he doesn't want to say that's what's happening and he comes up with a lot of other explanations a handball court in their um, apartment sure why not <laughs>
2: uh i mean i feel like i feel like dan like investigating the uh the what the the dangerous liaisons going up in the apartment above him sounds like a pretty good idea for a podcast isn't
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you might even call it dangerous liaisons oh <laughs> i mean i kind of already said that
0: but um okay
1: <laughs> okay so uh dan what movie do we watch? As if the audience didn't know because we announced it at the very beginning of the show.
0: We watched Truth or Dare, a.k.a. Blumhouse's Truth or Dare. Is that how you pronounce it? Not Blumhouse? Blumhouse? I don't
2: know. I Somebody don't... call up Judy Bloom and find out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Judy, what do you call your house? <laughs> uh, now, they uh, called it that, I assume, because there's like three or four other movies called Truth or Dare, a couple mm-hmm. of which just came out in the last few years.
2: Right? And when we when we all collectively watched this movie on our own, uh, we had to do a lot of double checking that we were watching the right one. Yeah,
1: yeah. We wanted to let the right I one into our eyeballs.
2: Yeah, I was like halfway through the Madonna's Truth or Dare before you guys were you guys. <laughs> stopped oh boy, playing. what a mistake! And you're like, this and is scary, like, but, but for different this, reasons. This is great. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: So
1: did we all watch uh, the right one? We all watched we all watched the one with the weird smiles on their faces, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, Shall so we talk good. about what happens it's in this. Good movie? That we're figuring this out now, and now, we watched the theatrical cut, right? You guys didn't watch the. Uh, special I actually edition? watched
0: the special edition because that was what was available on iTunes, Dan. which is what I was in. Uh, so if, if if there's something that I saw that you guys didn't see, like it's not because I I was on ayahuasca or something, hallucinated it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first it guess actually, I was going yeah. to have. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. director's it, vision. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if it affects our
1: ratings. So, Dan, if there's anything that you saw in the director's cut, which includes deleted scenes that were too hot for TV, uh, you tell us, okay? All right. Shall we begin the story of Truth or Dare? A terrifying yeah, yeah, tale yeah. of truth, dares, and truth or dares. <laughs> I was really hoping the title had three things in it, but it only had two things. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, It took you a little while to figure yeah. that one out.
1: Our story begins... Um, cool. Our story begins uh, near the Mexican border where a young woman stops into a gas station to buy cigarellos until a sinister voice out of – seemingly out of nowhere, although it appears to be coming off the phone, says, truth or dare. And she's like, no, I don't want to play anymore. Says truth or dare. And she says dare. And then the – and then uh, she lights a woman on fire. Cut to –
2: we're mm-hmm. at College. Hey everybody. I mean, I mean, at this point we know this isn't your daddy's game of truth or dare, right?
1: <laughs> no, cuz my daddy's game of truth or dare it would be like, "Dare. I dare you to enlist in the army and go fight in Vietnam." And then he would have to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that was when my dad yeah. was, you know, was was a young a young buck who would play truth or dare. Although to be honest, not to say too much about my dad now, I could totally see him playing a game of truth or dare now with his grown-up older friends in his 60s. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. getting into trouble for it and me having to get him out of that trouble. But
2: (laughs) hopefully that won't happen. It's a real shameless situation.
1: Cut 2 we're at college and there's six friends who are going to go on spring break to Mexico. It's their last spring break before they graduate. You want me to run down these friends? Because at first I had a (laughs) lot of trouble telling them apart and I had to work very hard to get them down. So, mm-hmm. so I lay out our cast of characters. What are you talking about? They
0: each have like one individual characteristic.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Except for the one girl, Penelope, who has no individual characteristics. Oh, that's true. Uh, mm, I guess her she boyfriend's drinks. A jerk. Yeah, her boyfriend's a <laughs> yeah. jerk. That's true. You also have you have a You have three male main characters in this movie who all look kind of the same, and they don't mm. even have different color hair. But anyway, the women thankfully have mostly different color hair, so we can tell them apart. And they're strong, of course, very detailed and nuanced personalities. You've got Marky, the blonde party girl who's always yeah, cheating on her after, boyfriend. Yeah, uh, the Markie television post. song, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's named after Marquis Moon. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Uh, you have her best friend, Olivia, who's a brunette. And you know Olivia's like the good girl to Marquis' bad girl because Olivia doesn't want to go to Mexico. She wants to volunteer with Habitat for Humanity, but they won't let her. It's time for them to spend their last spring break together. And there's their other friend, Penelope, who is also there. Like, I don't know. She doesn't really have a personality. Then you got the three mm-hmm. dudes... There's, uh-huh. what, Lucas, who I think is yep. Marky's boyfriend, but he has yep. feelings for Olivia. You've got uh-huh. Tyson, who is Penelope's boyfriend, and he's a bad boy. He's real sarcastic. Yeah, he's and a he, real jerk. And he writes fraudulent prescriptions that he sells to freshmen for pills. And then you've got third guy who is gay and Asian, but I didn't catch his name. So he has the most Man. going on of all the characters, and I don't know what his name is. Like George
0: or Oscar or something like that. Yeah, yeah, George. Donald.
2: Let's, <laughs> Let's find out. I'm, I'm, I'm checking it right. All now. right,
0: Stewart's on the case. Look De- up his detective, name. Detective, Detective Google is who
2: is <laughs> the, young Sheldon on Young Sheldon? <laughs> <Detective>, no, no. <laughs> no, no.
1: This is this is Detective Google in every case. They go, they go. Detective Google, my father was murdered. Can you help me? What did your father's feet look like? I don't see how that's relevant to this, Detective Google. Trust me. First thing I need to know about anybody, what was their
2: feat? (laughs) uh, So, guys, his name is Brad. 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 Brad.
1: Yeah. Very memorable. Okay, so they go down to Mexico. We see an opening credits montage entirely made up of, like, Snapchat videos and pictures that just shows us, Uh I guess, why we want them to die, because they're irritating Americans just getting drunk and making out in, in Mexico. Now, guys, Uh I never went on like a spring break trip. Did you guys? Is this what it's really like, or is this just what the movies make it look like?
0: The only quote-unquote spring break trip I went on was not a spring break trip. It was a trip that was on spring break, which was I was in London. All right, Mister
1: Semantics, let's split some more hairs, why don't we?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was in London for first semester, and everyone traveled over spring break, and so I went up to the party town of. Edinburgh and Aberdeen. Oh, those uh, are great towns.
2: Dan, no, Dan's dragging some towns. No, they're
0: fantastic <laughs> towns. Well, I mean, Aberdeen's not so great. It's kind of like just a bunch of cement buildings. Uh, fun fact about Edinburgh Aberdeen. Edinburgh is beautiful, though. Aberdeen was the name of one of
2: my first cats.
0: Oh, <laughs> That is a fun fact <laughs> about Aberdeen. Fact. <laughs> I mean, it's more a fun fact about your cat than the city, but.
2: No, no, Dan. I don't that's, know. It's, I in mean, the,
0: it's on the website for the city. It's pretty oh, big it's there. there. The it's Aberdeen the Chamber Charlotte. of Con- yeah. Commerce, put that up there? Yeah, the yeah, Ab- Aberdeen it's, it's Chamber uh, of sp- Catmers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so,
2: Stuart, what about uh, you? Now, in uh, in high school, I went on a spring break uh, road trip where we piled into a big old Oldsmobile and drove down to St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, a place that had more old people uh, than <laughs> I expected. A uh, There was a... Uh, a Salvador Dali museum. Oh, I've been to the museum. a great. I had There's a. And when we would hang out on the beach at night, there would be like clusters of angry drunk guys uh, looking at any other uh, guys who would walk by as if they were potential threats to their <laughs> uh, precious supply of ladies. It was uh, kind of a weird experience. So you're uh, saying you guys are saying I didn't uh, miss
1: out on much by spending most no. of
2: my spring breaks?
1: I think just going to the movies a lot.
2: Hmm. I mean, I think that probably prepared you better for a life of bad movie podcasting and That's writing true. for Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yeah. I
1: mean, there was that one spring break where me and my bikini-clad friends got into trouble uh-huh. with a
2: drug dealer played by James
1: Franco. Hmm. Uh-huh. And I think we had to yep. break her or something. I don't remember it that well because
0: I've never seen it. <laughs> okay. I was uh, I was I was waiting I was for like, to... this
2: joke based entirely on parts of the trailer. Elliot saw. <laughs> yeah. It's almost, it's even more than that. It's like joke based on the poster. <laughs> but,
1: okay. Uh, so, they're, long story short, they go to a big dance party. Uh, Olivia stops Marky from just cheating on her boyfriend right there in front of everybody. And
2: Olivia hits and at, it off. At that point, I'm concerned that Marky has, <laughs> the Marquis has a serious problem. Like, because her boyfriend is sitting five feet away. Yeah. Like, at that point, I feel like she... It's more than just like she's drunk, like she has some kind of deep psychological issue that needs to be dealt with. And oh, well, I think the only way you can deal with that is by playing a supernatural game of truth or dare, but we'll see.
1: We'll see. I mean she does have that deep issue. Stuart, you're psychologizing – your armchair psychologizing is dead on because mm-hmm. when a kind of weirdo guy who Olivia for some reason does not see a mile away is a creep, even though he has stubble, the movie sign for creepy guy – he says, well, he
2: does. He does protect her from my favorite character of the movie, Ron Ron. Tell us a about Ron Ron. Ron Ron, I believe, is a guy who goes to the same college. Yeah, they're, they're in college. They're college yeah, students. they go to College so, State University. So Ron Ron is this like the most broadly drawn horn dog character <laughs> who just the mere concept of. Two girls sharing a chaste kiss drives him into paroxysms of ecstasy.
1: <laughs> he's he's playing Everyone else is playing their characters like they're in a horror movie, and he's playing his character like he's in a snobs versus slobs like frat movie. And I
2: I, yeah, actually, like, I really uh, admire that. Direct
0: a video, American Pie sequel. He's like
2: from now on, Ron Ron will be the new McLovin. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so this guy says, hey. The party's dying down here. You want to have some more fun? He takes them to an abandoned church where Olivia finds – Olivia's one of these millennials. She takes pictures of everything. So, of course, she's digging through the crap on the floor of this abandoned church, and there's burned photos, and there's a jar of something that smells bad, which is our first clue, other than the fact (laughs) that a creepy guy took them to an abandoned church, that maybe this wasn't a great place to be. And the Carter says, "Hey, let's play truth or dare." They do. They do all your classic truth or dare There's stuff. Just, Someone has to streak. Someone reveals a secret. Tyson is like, "Hey, Marky, do you know Olivia loves your boyfriend?" And it's like,
2: "Oh, oh, yeah." That and, dude. That dude like goes from zero to sixty super, super quickly. Well, yeah. he's
0: mad that they're in this church, and that that is where to that that is to my point, which is that this is where I texted you guys watching the movie and was like. No teens have ever acted this way because they're already like – they're already partied out and they're at the end of the night at a bar. And then the guy's like, let's take a big hike to an abandoned thing like way out on the coast. Well, also, and, uh,
1: every character at that point, except for Ron Ron, sadly, he's he's wandered away after Carter uh, made him feel bad. Carter is the creepy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, every character has someone they can pair up with and go off and have sex with. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes no sense that, yeah, at that time of night they wouldn't be like, all right, so I guess we're all just gonna like go back to our rooms and do it because that's what we really are here for. Yeah. Instead, yeah, they go, let's take a hike and sneak under some fencing so we can go to an abandoned church. Wonderful. And we're let's play Truth or Dare. It.
0: Like the fact that they I mean, they're the fact that they're so easily convinced to play Truth or Dare as like a bunch of like, I don't know. Horny college kid. I mean, is that a thing that people still do? I don't. know. Well, even in the movie, they're
1: like, they're like, come, to me. they're like, come on, what is this a slumber party? Okay, sure, great. Yeah.
2: We'll have to. Uh, we're doing a show at a college pretty soon, so we'll just pull the audience on this one. <laughs>
1: yeah, let's <laughs> um, we'll say who
2: listened to I, or dare show. Do you guys do that? Can we go? I, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, whoa, 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 not so fast. <laughs> Why are you trying to get us invited to a truth or dare game? <laughs>
0: because <laughs> college kids.
1: I want to get Dan to do a bunch of crazy dares. Uh, okay. Uh, and and maybe the legendary Double Dare.
2: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: That's no. when so we're going to have to climb through a giant I'm thing. I'm going to have pudding? to find a flag and a big nose.
1: That's exactly <laughs> what I want you to do, Dan. Reach inside a big nose full of Gak and just pull
2: that flag <laughs> out. I feel like that giant nose has led me to some interesting <laughs> fetishes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a, there, uh, must be, there must be some kid that double deer just imprinted on them in just the right moment, and they have like a green <laughs> slime and, and reach and trying to find a flag fetish.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this is a guy who like turned into you know after school he opened up his own startup. He's a tech mogul, Mm -hmm, and he mm -hmm. brings his he brings a girl home. He opens. Oh, he's a millionaire. uh, His red room. Yeah, he opens up his red room. Red because that's the official color of Double Dare. And (laughs) she and he's like my my interests are different. And he turns on the light, and it's just uh, a giant nose filled with big boogers. (laughs) I uh
1: I happen to be involved in some unorthodox erotic play and she's like oh really (laughs) and he's like you got 60 seconds to find that flag inside that nose and in a corner tied to a chair is mark summers who hates (laughs) me who hates messes so he's like ah i don't like this at all you stay there mark summers i'll unwrap you later because you also hosted the show unwrapped on the food network and mark summers is like stop telling me things that i did (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's his, his torture for the rest of his life is being told things he did. Uh, I, so guys, just a little bit of feedback. I will say in my experience as a bar owner, uh, I find it not uncommon for couples who long should have gone to someplace private will still remain in a public setting. Mm. Uh, and you know, hang out and make out. And you're like, why, why are you still here? Get up. Get out of my bar. Get out of the back room of my bar. <laughs>
1: Get, Get out, out of here, you couch. crazy
2: kids. That's what you say. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're so rarely like, kids. They're usually older people. And you
0: have a broom that <laughs> you're maybe, just them with. But
2: maybe part <laughs> of it is, maybe for our double dare, or double dare, our truth or dare playing uh, college kids, maybe part of it is the, like... Excitement of being in public and playing this game, Dan. What do you think? Oh,
0: maybe, yeah. Uh, okay, so it's a voyeurism, exhibitionism thing. That's yeah. what I'm
2: trying to say. So, so I mean, wait. that's what do, that's what Double Truth or Dare is all about. <laughs> Stuart,
1: right? your your multiple <laughs> t- slips of the tongue have led me the idea. Why haven't hasn't someone done a horror movie version of Double Dare?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the sequel's going to, to Blue Mouse's Truth or Dare is Truth or Double Dare, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then of course the third one, Truth or Double Dog Dare. That's when (laughs) – it's it's actually dogs that talk. Uh Uh-huh, and it features three-dog night. (laughs) Okay, guys. Let's keep moving forward with this movie. So they ask Truth or Dare to Carter, the creepy guy, and he says, oh, I lured you here to save myself because once you're in this game, you've got to play or you die. And then he leaves. And they go to college. (laughs) They go back home and – And they're like, what a weirdo. (laughs) They're like, this is crazy. Uh, and Olivia finds that the words "truth or dare" have been written all over the place on her desk, on a flyer that a creepy homeless man gives her, and on a on her car. They've been keyed into a car. She thinks Ron Ron did it, but he didn't. We also find out that Martin thats not Ron Ron style. Yeah, Ron Ron is – if he's going to do that, he's not going to do it secretly. He's going to do it right in front of you going like, does this turn you on? You want to make out with me now? What about with another woman? Because <laughs> uh-huh. that's Ron Ron, man. He knows what he wants. Look, Ron mm-hmm. Ron is so purely Ron Ron that even though he's a creep, you've got to admire just how true to himself he
0: is.
2: There's a simplicity to Ron Ron that uh, is at least somewhat charming. <laughs> I guess yeah, so. Yeah,
0: he's, he's the uncarved block in Taoism. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Guy reads
1: the Tao of Pooh once, and he thinks he's a <laughs> good <everybody laughs> Uh never even got through the Chia Piglet. Didn't even want to finish it. Uh, now we'll also learn that Marky's dad committed suicide a while back, and she watches the final video of him cooking her a salmon steak over and over again.
2: Okay. His Ron- uh his name was his name was Mark, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so Random
1: people just start giving Olivia black hole sun CGI smiles. These big old grins
2: that look Yeah, basically ridiculous. everyone turns into Apex twins, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that cover, that Apex twin thing. I mean, they've
0: got like real droopy like faces. Yeah, they all turn They're, into what? jokers. <laughs> They're like, their smile is all droopy.
2: They all got a blast of Smilex to the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wait, all start saying wait, truth or droopy? dare, truth or dare. Well, yeah, like, Droopy doesn't smile; he's sad. <laughs> no, I'm
0: not. I'm not <laughs> saying Droopy dog. I'm saying like the bottom of their like lips are like drooped down. Oh, like. uh, okay. So it's kind of like their eyes flash red, right? Yeah, it's
1: kind of like Roger Ebert's smile near the end of his life after his jaw had been removed. No, oh, dude. Oh man, come on. I'm I mean, sorry. I want to
0: say it. But. I'm
1: just trying to find but, uh, an authentic parallel. And I also watched Life Itself recently; very touching.
0: It's cool. a great movie. Uh, the the thing is though, like there's the CGI Wait, We're talking smiles. about Life
1: Itself, the Roger Ebert documentary, by the way. We're not talking about life itself, the recent release, which I really want to do on the flop house. But Dan, you're saying Yeah, uh, yeah
0: we'll probably do, yeah. There are the smiles that are enhanced by CGI, but sometimes the guy the the main characters are possessed by a demon or whatever, and they just like
1: <laughs> it's a have, demon, Dan. It's not whatever. As we'll find out, just, it's a demon.
0: They just do their own version of a creepy smile like it's not a CGI smile and it's the dumbest looking f- face I feel really like stupid. every time they they do it it's just like what is wrong with you like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. why are you, why are you giving me that goof face Yeah they're like doing a creepy
2: smile and they're like oh that looks terrible no oh, we'll fix it in post yeah. like
1: there's a thin line between Creepy smile in this movie and the smile of the dancing old man from the Six Flags commercials. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, they're basically the same smile. Okay, guys. Olivia, overcome, she picks truth and yells out, Marky is always cheating on her boyfriend. Right in front of the crowded library and Marky and her boyfriend, Lucas. Uh Mm Uh-oh. Who's going to believe her that it was some kind of supernatural thing that made her do it? Meanwhile, Ron-Ron. And at
2: that point, Lucas immediately believes her, which means I think deep down he suspected all along.
1: Oh, yeah, you you have right? to know, I mean he he literally saw her dancing with another guy in Mexico, like uh-huh, yeah, and this what wa- uh, then this wasn't a the kids are all right type scenario where he doesn't mind that she's dancing with another guy because he knows them pretty well. Uh, uh, okay <laughs> So Stuart, coming up next is Ron Ron's farewell to the film. Would you like to describe it, or shall I?
2: Yeah, so Ron-Ron is in a local uh, local bar and uh, a lady, what, bumps into him or passes him and truth or dares him? No, no, he face. hits on the lady and she says no and then she truth or dares. Okay, I mean, I think memory's a weird thing, Elliot. <laughs> uh, so so she does, she does a creepy face and does truth or dare. And while a normal person would see that creepy smile and would be like, uh, I'm getting out of here, instead, like, it, like, Oh wow! It's like did he just did he just unlock the Lammershain configuration? Is this a new <laughs> form of pleasure he's never experienced? Uh so he she dares him to show everybody his wiener, and he's like, "Fuck yeah! I don't care. I'm Ron Ron." And he climbs <laughs> on top of the the pool table. He literally is like, "Everybody,
1: uh, everybody, look at me!" Like he starts yeah, orating he is, to all of them.
2: He, he is holding forth like Tom Cruise in any bar scene in Cocktail, <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately his, uh, his ego is punctured when multiple women reveal that they have seen his penis before already and that it is unimpressive, which seems ridiculous. And, uh, <laughs> so Ron Ron decides that he will not do the dare. And that's when the trouble starts, guys. Oh, cause he's, because he, oh, no, his they... face turns into a demon face and his eyes flash red and you realize he's no longer in control of his bodily functions. In which point you're wondering, is Ron Ron already dead? You know. <laughs> um so then he almost falls on a pool cue and you're like, "Up, oh, they're going to try and final destination me and give me a couple fake outs and then he slips on a pool ball and immediately breaks his neck and dies."
1: Yeah. He falls and snaps his neck on another billiard table. Luckily, everyone's recording it on their phones because they really wanted to see Ron Ron's penis and have it recorded for posterity. I assume to watch yeah. again later in the comfort of their own homes, they could really examine it. You know, computer, enhance. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a look. Yep. Computer, use my my app that measures penises from photos and video. Okay, great. They're going
0: to upload it to the Ron Ron section of ViewPorn. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a yeah, surprisingly yeah. well-attended <laughs> section. Uh, yeah, so... Uh-huh. This cell phone video gets texted to all of uh, the the other players of the game, uh, and Olivia's friends don't believe that they're cursed now. But Olivia's and they
2: and they watch the video at the exact same time. You like you're watching them watch it. And they're it's synced up perfectly. It's crazier. They, yeah, they all re- they
0: all re- they all react to the death at the same point. Yeah, my favorite they all part though. The video at different points. My
1: my favorite part is they all watch it at, at different points, but it but it syncs up. But then when Olivia leaves, the scene ends with Tyson then replaying the video, just watching it by himself. And it was like, dude, you really want to see him die again? Like, what are you doing? That's terrible.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Tyson has re- been revealed to be an asswipe. Um That's true. Yeah, and it's the do you think it's a situation because they all started at different times that it's like uh l- almost like performative laughter, like one person freaked out <laughs> and then everyone else is like, "Oh, I guess I should freak out too." <laughs> yeah. And one yeah, person one, went, one
0: I- person- there's one person who's dead inside and does not feel any any <laughs> feelings about some, watching someone dying, but they're like, uh, I guess uh, based on the general tone of the room. saying <laughs> so, there's a
1: sociopath there who's like, uh, yeah. I better put on the mask of sympathy that allows me to pass among others as a human with emotions. Exactly. Uh, I thought, I wonder if there was one person, they all went, oh, oh no, Ron Ron. And there's one person being like, I haven't gotten there yet. Stop. <laughs> okay, now I saw it. <laughs> Please, Spoilers. No spoilies, please. I'm watching the Ron mm-hmm. Ron video. Uh, there's one person who, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Ron Ron video. Baby. Make sure
2: to stay to the end or whatever.
1: <laughs> if, this, if this was a comedy, then they'd all be disgusted, and there'd be one person who hadn't watched yet and was like, his penis can't be that bad, can it? And then would play the video. So Marky's boyfriend is next up to play the game. This is Lucas, and he starts hearing voices. The words truth or dare burn themselves into his arm for a moment. He calls Olivia and says, I have feelings for you. It's true, because he got truth. Marky is next. She doesn't believe it. She chooses dare, and so the dare is break Olivia's hand. And she's like, I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. And Olivia's like, do it or you'll die, because as Ron Ron showed, if you don't pull off the dare – you die. You get to you get possessed by this demon and it kills you in a final destination-y stupid way. So Olivia's mm-hmm. like, do but it, do
2: it, do it. I I I I do want to defend Final Destination. Oh no, Final this Destination is a movie is, that so desperately wishes it was Final Destination. Final Destination is the this good is a, version. This is of a that.
0: real Final Destination, it follows situation, but bad. Yeah. This movie.
1: This movie is a it is like if someone took It Follows, the script for It Follows and like dumbed it down by like 3000%. You mm-hmm. know, and we're like the problem is we don't know what the it is. Wouldn't it be scarier if instead of being some abstract force that we never really understand but that possesses takes the form of dead bodies, it is a demon named Kalix that was brought to earth by a by a nun? And it's like, no, I don't think so. But we'll get to that. I mean, that, if you're going to have
2: an and if you're going to have an abstract force killing people, like you got to have a Tony Todd. Right? Yeah, well, I don't know else, if you need a Tony I mean I don't know in, what to
0: explain you mean like uh, yeah
2: or like a guy with a lot of charisma <laughs> like <okay. laughs> Tony Todd who can show up and tell you what's going on yeah, yeah.
1: I mean it helps to have Tony Todd in any movie because he's amazing and you can't yeah. keep your eyes off him but uh, so uh, Olivia tells her to do it and it's like and she gives her a hammer and it's like hit my hand or you're gonna die and then she's like are you a coward like your dad and Marky gets mad and breaks her hand. She did it. Uh Now she's not going to die at the hospital.
2: That was her her pressure point. The what I love about it is, as soon as she hammers her friend's hand, like half of the friends just scatter. They're like, "Oh, I got a lot of homework to do," (laughs) (laughs) leaving uh, only a couple people to take her to the hospital. Like that's wild, dude. Yeah, this movie. As I texted you, this movie should have been called Bad Friends Mm -hmm. because it could have jumped onto that Bad Blank bandwagon that's so hot right now.
1: Uh, One thing
0: that we. Sorry, say, go Dan, on,
2: Elliot.
1: I was going to say, it is one of those movies where two characters are supposed to be best friends who love each other, but they're consistently shitty to each other throughout the entire movie and they don't seem to like each other or like being around each other. Dan, what were you going to say? Speaking of best well, friends was... who I don't like being around, Dan, what were you going to say? <laughs> Just kidding, Dan. I love you. I love spending time with you.
0: Uh, For a movie called Truth or Dare that's about, you know, like, of people being forced to sort of look out for themselves and put their, like, interests above other people's to keep themselves alive. Like, this movie really, on the early scenes, ladles on with a heavy hand be like, we're friends. Like, I'll always put you ahead of me. Like, and like... Mm-hmm. They act, you know like in in the initial truth or dare, there's like a moral question that that kicks off the whole thing, which uh-huh. is like would you sacrifice yourself and your friends for millions of other people? Oh, yeah, they were like, like if they yeah.
1: if aliens came down and they're either gonna kill us in this room or everyone in Mexico. Who would you choose? Like it's such a ridiculously yeah. weighted moral question where it's like, yeah. I'm kind of a dick if I choose the seven Americans over the millions of people who live in Mexico. Like that's crazy. hundred, <laughs> yeah. uh, what hundred and some 50 million, 200 million people who live in yeah. Mexico. Like that's crazy.
0: I'm just saying that the the foreshadowing of the themes is ladled on with a like a heavy hand, like like cheese whiz on a on a nachos.
2: Yeah, and the the level of like, <laughs> do they usually use ladles for that? To put the yeah. cheese whiz on. Sure. Yeah, well you take the can and you spray <laughs> spray the cheese into a ladle, right? <laughs> And then you go out to your dinner party and you say, I made fresh cheese. The waiter,
1: the waiter at the nacho restaurant, the French waiter who has the big vat of cheese whiz, Hello, a little more cheese whiz for the nachos, and then takes a ladle and just goops it on there. Yeah. yeah. See so what you're saying. Something about ladles?
2: But it was it was the uh <laughs> the the way that they make a point of telling everybody how important their friendship is is not that far from say a fantasy movie talking about how a character is prophesized to be important right yeah, yeah where you're supposed to be watching this and be like, break her hand, but they told me they're best friends. Mm
1: -hmm. Exactly. So, but the the truth or daring is not, look, and you're saying bad friends, barely any of them go with her to the hospital. On GLOW, when someone breaks a bone, everybody goes to the hospital to keep them company because they're real friends.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like comparing yourself to the ladies of GLOW is an unfair yardstick. (laughs) I guess I'd say
1: Blumhouse's truth or dare is no GLOW. It is I mean, not trying to totally be in order true. to succeed.
2: Yeah. Uh at so at
1: the hospital, uh Brad, he uh he has a he has a whole wasted amount of time with a malfunctioning vending machine and a dead person who talks to him. But he gets truth or dared. Truth he chooses and he has to come out to his dad, which turns out fine. We don't see the moment yeah. of the coming out, but he seems unaffected by it, which is great, I could- you know.
2: Well, I think he's more than unaffected. I think he has a weight lifted off his shoulders. It was actually, that was a moment where I'm like, oh, wow, truth or dare can be a force of good. <laughs>
0: that, yeah.
2: That a, a guy's able to come out to his perceived homophobic father and get a sense of relief out of it. Yeah, and as the father
1: says in the scene later on, you're still my son, which implies a certain amount of judgment about being gay, but a still tolerance ultimately. So, yeah, uh, I guess what we're all saying is, guys... If you're having trouble telling your family something that's very important to you, but you're worried about, get possessed by the demon Calyx <laughs> in an abandoned Mexican church, and that'll help you out. Okay, but uh oh, things don't work out so well for Tyson, the sarcastic drug dealing boyfriend of Penelope. He's getting it. He's has an interview with the dean of a med school. It took me a while to figure out what this interview was about. Was it for a job? Oh, he just wants to get into med school. But he's about to graduate. Uh-huh. He should know what med school he's going into. Uh, yeah. And the demon takes over the dean, smiley face, truth or dare, truth, whatever. How long have you been forging prescriptions to sell to freshmen? He's like, I don't do that. Takes his special pen that he uses to forge prescriptions, stabs himself Mm -hmm. in the head until he's dead. And his friends almost Mm -hmm. get there in time to, I don't know what. I don't know how they were going to stop that scenario. But they get there just (laughs) as the blood is flowing out under the door. And they're like, ah, ah.
0: What are these yeah, a t- there's a lot of talk about, like, how we can't leave anyone alone, but it's never clear like what the other people think they're going to be able to do.
2: Yeah, other than be, like, super grossed out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, Tyson has this little speech about making himself out to be, like, this great guy who's choosing medicine because he wants to help people. So the theme of hypocrisy is still running through the movie very subtly, as Dan was saying. <laughs> Ladle full of cheese Whiz and all that. Okay. I, I think that—you know what, guys? I want to introduce— I want that to be the new phrase for when things are just a little too heavy handed in a movie, to say, then they really ladled on the cheese whiz.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like years from now, that's going to be on Urban Dictionary and they're going to be like, scholars will have to trace it back to us. Yeah, well, if it's on Urban
1: Dictionary. We'll get
2: get an email about possible new sponsor, Cheese Whiz.
1: Uh-oh. If it's on Urban Dictionary, then the first definition though is going to be like, when you jizz all over someone's food or something like that. Like that's (laughs) Urban Dictionary always has the sex one first. (laughs) Okay,
2: sorry guys. I've just been uploading a lot of fake uh, entries into Urban Dictionary (laughs) about food jizzing. Uh, Okay, so what are the kids
1: So what are the kids going to do next? There's only one thing you can do. Google Mexico truth or dare and find an article (laughs) (laughs) about the girl we saw in the opening who lit someone on fire. They do a little bit of Facebook detective work. Find her Facebook page and send her a message that says, hey, and Marky is like, Olivia, don't be too nice in the message. She writes a message that says, we saw you light that woman on fire. Meet with us or we'll do the same to your family. It's like, whoa, Marky didn't need much to push her into madness, it seems.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was so hesitant to smash a hand, but as soon as her dad's brought up, as soon as her dad's name is invoked, she is uh, driven to rage. Oh, Yeah.
1: Uh, Penelope is the next one to get truth or dared. She gets dare that won't, the demon won't let her pick truth. What's going on? And she has to walk along the outside of a roof while finishing a bottle of booze. And for some reason she keeps walking and not drinking that much. She says, I have to keep walking around the roof until I finish this booze. It's like, so just, just drink as much as you can each time. Like stop taking these baby sips and then walking around. I mean, the it's side like a roof.
2: whole, it's like a whole bottle of vodka though, dude. That's a lot to like that, just on volume alone, it's a lot. I'm
1: just saying, this is. I'm just telling her to strategize the way I would strategize, which is chuck I mean, that whole the bottle of vodka, sh- shimmy down the chimney, back to safety.
2: Yeah, you're just playing Monday morning uh, dare doer. I don't think that's fair. The, <laughs> okay, uh, fair point. I, I wasn't in the situation. The and I mean, she's also she's also coping with the death of her boyfriend. Low? No. Tyson. Loki? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> yeah Tyson. Uh, yeah. The mnemonic device I was using was chicken man. <laughs> <laughs> uh But the, everyone uh, so works together. So she wa- yeah. And she walks around the roof and this is the moment where it became exceedingly apparent that this movie was kind of like the, these sequences were bargain basement uh final destination because like, that's It seems like this that people are going to a fucking novelty, truth or dare horror movie. Like, you're going for, like, a wacky-ass dare scenario where you're like, whoop, uh, whoop, uh whoop. Yeah. And you don't really get that here.
1: No, and even they managed to save her by, uh, use, it's clear that the demon wants her to slip and fall onto some spiked uh, fencing, but instead mm-hmm. they managed to break it down with a car and then put a mattress on top of that car. And she falls onto the mattress and she's okay for one scene because they go and meet <laughs> Giselle, the girl from the first, uh, the opening scene. And the girl is like, I don't know. Uh, we walked into this church and my friend smashed it up. And then we started playing truth or dare and uh, blah, blah, blah. And it's my turn. And my dare is to shoot Olivia. Penelope jumps in front of Olivia, saving her life and dying. And I have to imagine yeah. if, if Tyson was there, he would have been like, why do we work so hard to save her?
2: That was a waste mm-hmm. of time. Well, I think when I think when you're uh, writing a story, Elliot, sometimes a character is more interesting when they're dead than when they're alive. Mm-hmm. We have never seen <laughs> like it. the effect of, of her <laughs> death on everyone, which is actually feels immediately forgotten. Yeah, they yeah. actually
1: they don't. Penelope is the friend who disappears the fastest from their minds. They're like Tyson, why not Tyson? Didn't Tyson have a well, girlfriend? Yeah, I think they broke up or something.
0: <laughs> and like she's she shows herself to be the only true friend because. Like we've never seen anything in the movie to suggest that she would jump in front of a bullet for Olivia. No. But she does she does just that in the in the film.
1: Penelope <laughs> is uh, like, Olivia, but she's the best of us. No.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and she and she also she also barely gets a, a death scene. Yeah, that's uh, true.
0: <laughs> we, we uh glazed over this, but the reason that they can't uh do truth all the time is that the Giselle explains that they did like something called like Two Truths and a Dare or something like that. Like mm-hmm. after every two truths you have to do a dare.
1: So that people uh, can't, can't just be truth forever. And and Talix the demon is like, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna break the rules. Yeah. I'm gonna take this game and just anyone who gets asked any question is just going to be marked for death. But you kids set the rules and I'm gonna live with them. Okay? So uh <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna follow with the two truths in a dare scheme. I'm not gonna mess with what works. Mm-hmm. Hey, if it ain't broke, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. fix it. That's what us demons say.
2: <laughs> Unless the broken thing is a canoptic jar that seems to hold my essence, in which case, <laughs> leave that thing broken. Look, <laughs> if you kids
0: had uh you kids had decided to do never have I ever, I would have figured out a way to like make never have I ever scary, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you
1: were playing the if it's, you're doing the hokey pokey, Simon says it's all gonna be bad. Look, I'll find a way to make it kill you. Actually, Simon yeah, says yeah. it would be a better version, maybe.
2: Frankly, you're lucky you didn't do Marco Polo, or else you would all be uh, bloated brown corpses by now. <laughs> <laughs> what, because they just drown? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, right? Uh, so what <laughs> if we if were this... playing Ghosts in the Graveyard, oh, you guys would still be in that graveyard.
1: <laughs> if you guys were playing Werewolf or Mafia, pretty much the same game, Assassin they also call it, uh, you'd all be really killing each other. Anyway, you get the drift, I'm a demon. Uh, so... Guys, what if this was called Blumhouse's Simon Says? <laughs> how would the game be different, and how would the movie be different? Dan, pitch it to me.
0: Uh, Well, everyone would just be told Simon Says, stab that person, and it would happen in, I don't know, like 10 minutes the movie would be <laughs> over. <laughs>
2: okay, but, wow. So it's like uh, that would be in the shorts category of the Academy yeah. Awards.
1: And I assume at the end the demon would say, You win, you're free to go, leave. And they'd start leaving, and it would go, it would smile and then go, I didn't say Simon says. And just, (laughs) they'd all explode in hellfire. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay, so (laughs) uh, Penelope, dead. They get over it. Giselle, she didn't pull off her dare, so she smileys and shoots herself in the head. Uh, Our teens investigate the church where the game took place, and they find there was a massacre there. Only one nun survived. Olivia gets truth or dared dared to sleep with Lucas, Marky's boyfriend, and in the middle of sex, Olivia smileys. And I got to imagine, I have to I give Lucas credit for maintaining an erection when Olivia makes that face in the middle of their <laughs> sexual act. I don't know if I would have been able to do it.
2: I think that says more about Lucas's personality at this point. Uh, yeah, this, like, this big twist them up is at this point, like they know that death is on the line. Like Multiple friends are dead. Shouldn't they just be happy that any of them can find any weird moments of joy? Whether or not that would be a joyful uh coupling question mark, who knows? Well, that's because
1: Marky is the one who who still doesn't quite believe it. She thinks that this is, I guess, all just a series of coincidences. And so yeah. when when uh she's uh Olivia's like, my dear was to sleep with Lucas, and Marky's like, yeah, that sounds right, sure. And Marky's really mad. But yeah, if you if it's like, look. Yes, I have some kinds of feelings for your boyfriend, but if I don't sleep with him, I'm going to die. Would you rather I die? And if Markie's like, mm, let me think about it, then again, not your best friend. Not a great friend act, you know.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but in so the middle yeah, of, that, that happens. Everybody's upset. In the middle of
1: sex, Olivia, truth or dare's Lucas, the question is, who do you love? but she doesn't do it the fun way. She doesn't go, who do you love? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I think you're you being charitable there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's more fun than the movie. It's not that fun, but, uh, and, and Lucas admits that he has feelings for Olivia, but he loves Marky, which I think is supposed to come across as like sweet in a way, but it's really gross. Cause it's like, I've got feelings for you, but I love Marky. It's like, dude, in this society, you don't get to have more than one. Just like, come on. I mean, I mean, I mean, have Like, well,
2: I'm not going. I'm not going to be overly judgmental someone. about people's like feelings or their lifestyles or whatever. I will be, uh, but it is at th- at this point, like, that shouldn't be that huge of a shocker. They're like being forced into having sex by a demon, <laughs> like just just at this point, it's it's just survival, right? Well, I think Olivia and still there's a
1: certain part of her that was like, oh, I want him to be doing this with me for me, and not just to save my life, but because he also likes me, you know.
0: Uh But also, like, had the demon not intervened, like, he would have had feelings for Olivia, but he would have kept them quiet, and he would have been in love with Marky. Like, the only gross thing about it is that, like, he's having sex with her at the time that he's forced to be like, uh, I just kind of like you. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, I guess it's different levels of emotion
2: involved
1: yeah I guess that's fair you know what it's a rich tapestry it's a layer cake
2: this thing (laughs) this
1: movie's like an onion you just keep peeling the layers and it makes you cry because it's so true Uh, yeah
2: because this movie is not like a layer cake because there's no Daniel Craig (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what would it be like if Daniel Craig was in it he would say truth or dare hello hello (laughs) hello (laughs) <laughs> right? 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 I right. mean, probably. Anything else? <laughs> he would say, chim chiminy true. <laughs> oh,
0: he would zip up the chimney? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that's the demon making him do that. <laughs> okay. I know for a second you thought that I was being Daniel Craig doing Daniel Craig, but in this case, I was being Daniel Craig doing Calix the demon. I see.
1: I thought you'd be your D- Daniel Craig doing Dick Van Dyke from Mary
2: Poppins. <laughs> uh, I don't know that reference, Elliot. I thought that was I just made that up whole clock. <laughs>
1: Uh, So, Marky takes solace the only way she can by watching the video of her dad again, and her dad starts talking to her. The demon's inside her phone. Ah! But really, damn. Uh, when you think about I mean, it, is the I think, demon yeah. inside
2: all of our phones since we're addicted <laughs> yeah. to these phones? I, oh. oh. Oh, man. <laughs> Men, Women, and Children was a good
1: movie. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Iron Man, Demon in a Bottle, more like Demon in a Phone. Oh, I can't stop looking at Twitter. <laughs> okay, so uh, Olivia and Lucas, what else are they going to do? They go to Tijuana to find that nun who survived the massacre years ago, but she hasn't mm-hmm. spoken in 50 years. So she writes them a letter in English, which they read aloud, about how there was a priest that was abusing the nuns there until one of the young nuns cast a spell to summon a demon, Calix. Who possessed their truth or, who possessed their game. It, it, it's never clear if they were playing truth or dare, right? They were just playing mm-hmm. some kind of
2: game. Uh, yeah, they were pro- probably playing like, I don't know, like, uh, like trolls and dungeons or something.
1: Uh, is that, <laughs> what like, that just a
0: version of yeah, truth or like dare? A, what is it's that? like a
2: game. It's it's like shoots and lathers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or it's like that's the that's the bootleg version of Dungeons and Dragons they're like look we can't afford dragons we have trolls and the dungeons mm-hmm. are not quite as good so we're going to lower them in the billing somewhat they're not going to get top billing <laughs> trolls yeah. and dungeons Sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to go to a dungeon. It's not even going to have a troll in it. Let's just be honest. This version of dungeons, it's just it's not great. And in
2: fact, and you're and you're like and you're like, did I did I waste my time coming here? There's not even a troll. What's going on? Today?
1: And you're like, this is the worst role-playing game I've played since Dungeons and Dragons. When you're either a dragon or a Dungeness crab.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think I think the uh, the table is weighted toward rolling crab, right?
1: Oh yeah, always. Yeah, you, you have to roll a uh, you have to get a perfect twenty to become a dragon. Oh, wow. Otherwise, it's all crabs. And it's on two six-sided dice, so, like, <laughs> that's impossible, right? So good luck rolling a 20, <laughs> dudes. Uh, okay, so Ina is the nun. She, t- she reveals that she was the one who summoned the demon, and the only way to get rid of it was to say this one... Uh, the person who called up the demon has to ca- say a spell seven times and then make a sacrifice in a little pot with a skull painted on it, and that sacrifice... Is their own tongue, and then Inez opens her mouth and goes blah, 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 and shows you the stump of her <laughs> tongue that she cut out. And uh, let's just say, compared to the scene in *The Dentist* starring Corbin Burnson, where someone get, has their mm-hmm. tongue cut out, not as gross. I'm just going to say it, not as effectively gross.
2: Yeah, I feel like I do feel like after a certain point in time, uh, not to make light of people who have lost their tongues, but if I had had my, if I had to remove my own tongue for a ritual, years down the road, if a bunch of young. Sassy teens showed up. I think I'd have to do a tongue waggle. Oh, right? of course. <laughs> so yeah.
1: You got to make it, like worth embar- it a while.
2: It's like, from my understanding, the only reason you have children is so you can embarrass them as teenagers in front of
0: their friends. I mean, Clearly, she's <laughs> been waiting for this moment because like she doesn't have her caretaker tell the kids like, oh, she doesn't have a tongue, so she can't talk. She's just like, <laughs> tell them that I won't talk to them. <laughs> well, I think mean, you wrote that down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and you know, then, she says and then, she
1: hasn't said a word in 50 years. Exactly. You know, and, 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 they, and they, they look at her, her like, and they okay, go, Okay, vow of
2: silence. What are you gonna do? Okay, sure. And her caretakers are like, You're going to large marge them? And she <laughs> nods and smiles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh and uh
1: and uh Hal Pinter is like, This is a very loose version of my play, The Caretaker, and I don't appreciate what you've done with it. <laughs> uh so uh that the, that play The Caretaker, I got to see it with Jonathan Price in it. He was amazing. So guys, <laughs> right. Jonathan Price, yeah, yeah, great actor. Yeah,
2: star of uh G.I. Joe Cobra's Revenge or
1: whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. G.I. Joe Here Comes Cobra again. <laughs> G.I. Joe three. Oh, here he comes. He's a Cobra. Starring here comes Hall and Honey Oates. Cobra.
0: <laughs> what? Go on. I said here comes Honey Cobra. <laughs>
1: here
0: comes Honey Cobra. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because it's time for Cobra to red recognize what's going on here.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: So anyway, they need to find the guy who put the spell on them, and uh, which I guess is Screaming Jay Hawkins because they're his, and to get him to say the spell and cut out his tongue. And they have to put it in a little jar that uh, I guess Inez made that has like evil Ernie painted on it. It's some kind of grinning like '90s skull. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm so, into it. Yeah, it looks it looks like a uh, like a failed Monster Energy drink logo. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Brad's with his dad when he gets truth or dare. His dad is a cop, and the truth or dare uh-huh. says steal your dad's pistol and make him beg for his life. And rather than Brad being like dad, and Brad's dad has been okay. Is there anything going on here with all your friends dying that we should know about? Anything? And for some reason. None of these college kids, when they're talked to by policemen, even tries to tell the story of what's going on. And you'd expect in a movie like this, they'd be like, it's a demon. And they'd be like, sure, sure it is. We'll get to the bottom of this. But they don't even try. And they never say, like, I can't tell him. He'll think I'm crazy. They just don't bother. And it's one of these things where I'm like, is this movie really about the generation gap and how hard it is for young people to communicate with their elders? Dan Stewart, Mm -hmm. let's open a symposium here. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean – Uh, I do like how our teens are better crime solvers than the police. I think that's, uh, kind of a harsh indictment of our, uh, the police system that we have, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, to be fair, they're not cooperating with the police force, which would give them needed information, like the reason why this is all happening.
2: Uh, Mm -hmm.
1: but but the police do seem maybe to mostly they were,
2: maybe they were trying to maybe they were trying to save their uh, the adults in their lives from being trapped in their own truth or dare game.
0: Oh, that's a Because fair as point.
2: you're an adult those those truths get harder.
0: I mean, I for <laughs> one I so the, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I
2: get, I get I get dared
1: multiple times <laughs> a day to wipe human shit off of a person's <laughs> butt multiple times huh? a day.
2: And that's Dan, Dan, Danielle is like, I dare you to do it. And You're like, you are fucking nasty. <laughs> she's like, hell yeah, I am. Just wipe that butt. I she's dare like, you.
1: She's like, truth or dare? Okay, dare. Clean that baby's diaper. Oh man, I fell for it <laughs> again. But Dan, you were gonna say something about babies and diapers. Uh, it wasn't that important. Oh, I another just, another I, role I, playing. Wait, another role playing oh, game. Wait, you playing. like
0: asked me what I was gonna say,
1: and then I know, but me then I remember. Guys, never play Dungeons & Diapers. That's also not a good role-playing game. It's very <laughs> different. Very different. And if you're into it, that's totally cool. I'm not going to judge you, but I am not into Dungeons & Diapers. Dan, you were going to say? Hey,
2: guys. It talk talk about... Uh, let me put my sunglasses on. Yeah, go on. Shitty game. Okay. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh! CSI Flophouse. Dan, you were going to say?
0: <laughs> no, all I meant to say was like, I, for one... I'm glad that there was not a, a scene where they tried to convince the police that there was a demon involved, just because it's going to be another one of those scenes where, like, yeah, sure, there's a demon involved. We suspect you all the more now because you're making these crazy claims. Um, yeah, like, that's true. But instead
1: we get scenes where this one cop who never seems to leave his office calls Olivia in and is like, seems like a lot of people are dying. Can you tell me why? No, I don't know. Okay, well, let me give you a piece of information then. This is the guy who seems to have caused it all. Does that— Jog your memory? No, it doesn't. Okay. Well, I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna go get you a glass of water while you take a picture of all this confidential police paperwork. Do 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 <laughs> do, 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 do. Are you done taking the picture? No. Okay, I'll keep my back turned. Da da ba ba da 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 da, da 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 Okay, I'm done. Great. Okay, so anything else you want to tell me? No. All right then. See you in Mexico. Like that's basically well, each one of those scenes.
2: Yeah. Well, it reminds me of that uh, that famous episode of Homicide: Life on the Streets, uh, the box where they have that guy and they're trying to pin the crime on him and he's like a demon did it <laughs> is he no i'm making that all up okay i wonder how often i wonder how often irl well we'll have to if if you're a police officer just write into the show and tell us how often uh suspects blame it on like a demon uh, truth or dare game or actually don't cuz that will make me sad <laughs> yeah. well I'll,
1: there's a uh, the 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 guy that the show mind hunters is based off of who uh, and uh, who was a an expert consultant on Silence of the Lambs? I read all his books when I was a teenager, and he talks about uh-huh. talking to David Berkowitz, the son of Sam Killer, and how David uh-huh. Berkowitz was like, "Oh yeah, demon and my dog told me to do it," and he was like, "Bullshit, don't give me that." And that David Berkowitz was like, "Oh, you got me." That like th- that was one case where a guy said, "A oh, demon told me to do it," and it wasn't really the case. They were like, "You're <laughs> just trying to make us think you're Are crazy." You- you're right. Are I'm you not crazy. I get sexual sure. pleasure from murdering people.
2: Yeah, you're not crazy. What? Are you a, Are you a hundred percent sure there wasn't a demon in that dog? I mean, we can never be totally sure. Every demon has Thank a dog, you. especially delicious devil dogs.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Do you think Do you think devil dogs tried to rebrand themselves after that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they were trying to figure out if they should get in touch with him as an endorser <laughs> or just change oh the name.
0: <sighs>
2: uh... Oh, man, we can just cut this out and use this as our promo so people think we're like a true crime podcast (laughs) that that deals with the death of real people kind of lightly. Yeah. Isn't that
0: fun, guys? Don't we love that? Oof. Yeah, I love to um, I,
1: I love to trivialize real horror that happens to people in tragic ways. Hey, guys, well, that was a real hot take on true crime we just did. And <laughs> yeah, it means we don't have time for the skit I was going to act out about the guy who was selling devil dogs door to door who was like, things have never been better. I can finally get out of debt, afford that new car, really show my family the life that they deserve. And then he turns on the TV and it goes, son of Sam Killer says a devil dog told him to kill these people. And he just goes, oh, no. And picks up the phone and goes,
0: honey, yeah. I got some bad news. Uh, I was going to think, like, it just cuts to him like in a hobo outfit riding the rails. Like, like, that really happened fast. Yeah, he's
2: and like, when, was and was when he's th- watching the TV, he looks over in the corner, and there's just stacks and stacks of devil dog
1: boxes. <laughs> and yeah. he's got to eat them all now so they don't go to waste. He's he's riding the rails, and he's like, I was the king of the hostess snack cakes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we heard it, we heard it. So anyway, back to the movie. Uh, Brad, the, de- the devil tells him, uh, take your dad's gun and make him beg for his life. And he takes his dad's gun, and his dad just does not get it. His dad's like, "Brad, whatever's going on, I'll help you. I love you. You're my son." He's like, "Get down and beg for your life. Trust me. Just do it. You got to do it. I'll explain it later." And the dad's like, "No. Come on. Let's talk this out. Let's hug it out." He just won't play along, and he can't get it done. So what happens? Mm-hmm. Another cop shoots Brad in the back. Oh. And, Brad,
2: and Brad's dad is that is textbook way to keep a subject uh, a suspect talking. <laughs> oh. So
0: you think it was all it was all planned.
2: He's like I had backup coming the whole time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so he was stalling his son to get this so the other guy could get into position. Uh, at the yeah. police station, now it's Olivia's turn. She chooses dare and she gets dared to tell Marky her deepest secret that she could never tell Marky and she tells
2: Marky. So is not that kind of a truth?
0: <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, well, yes, is, it is a is truth. This the game's way trying to get truth out. Like we have, we had previously learned that Olivia doesn't want to choose truth because she has a truth that yeah, she doesn't yeah. want to tell Marky.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. the, it would it would destroy Marky and she so she yeah, like a, to tell it's the a truth. weird loophole here. And she's like, you got me Calex. Oh boy." Uh so she tells him, she tells Marky, tells her, "The day the night your dad killed himself, I was there and I went over there and he got drunk and he tried to have sex with me and I said no and he wouldn't let he wouldn't stop so I left and that's why he ki- and I said you should die and he killed himself." So it's like a Very messy situation, it's not really that funny, and Marky is no. understandably no. more distraught.
0: So, this is where this not is not that the it's point supposed to be funny, I, not that I thought it was I supposed to be I texted you guys and I was like, This movie is very cruel to its characters. Oh, yeah, yeah very like aside much so. from being like nihilistic in its design, where like people can't escape any of this shit, like it's just there's just mean stuff that happens in it that for a light teen horror movie seems weird to me.
1: It's a movie that thinks that it's funny games every now and then when yeah. you're like, I want to see people get like their fingers cut off and stuff like that. I don't want to see them having to recognize that the, what their, what crime their dad committed in the final moments before he committed suicide. Like that's, this is too, yeah. this is too much Blumhouse.
2: Yeah. And I mean, once again, not to play a uh, Monday morning movie maker again, the four M's, but I mean, <laughs> if you're, if, if you're making once again, a novelty horror movie, People are coming in there to – it should be fun and it should be, like, gross and maybe a little scary, but it's not – it shouldn't be serious. It's not like people are Mm. like, oh, this is a serious examination of the way truths and dares affect us. Like, you should make the dare sequences super wacky and crazy and bloody – and then you should make the tr- like make sure everybody has like really bitchy backstories, so that when the truths come out, it just heightens everything else. And it shouldn't heighten them in a weird way like this, where yeah. like you feel you shouldn't feel bad that I don't know. You shouldn't feel bad that the character that this is all happening to the characters. No, you should you should take some kind of pleasure that bad people have bad things happening to them. I feel no. like the
0: tone sh- the tone should be closer to another Bloomhouse film, Happy Death Day. Which I enjoyed very much, which was another very gimmicky movie, but was just fun. It was like a silly horror movie.
1: Now, not to play Calix's advocate here, but isn't uh-huh. there something to be said for a movie that presents itself as if it's going to be a wacky romp, but then actually makes the audience question why they would go to see such a movie since it's not that fun to see people really being hurt emotionally? Isn't there some, I mean, it, they don't I mean, do it well I mean, you're here. describing
0: funny games there. Yeah, like you're, mean, you're, basically just, you're
2: basically just saying, like, it, that would be if I bought a ticket to see Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, and when I sat down, they just started playing funny games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying then, th- they don't do a, it well here. There's a person here. standing at the front of the theater saying, uh, I think this is the movie you really want to see. <laughs> <laughs> and then they turn into, uh, I don't know, a bunch of critters and roll out of the, <laughs> roll out of the theater. Wow, that very, that's very—that's
1: an elaborate way to get out of a movie theater. Uh, I'm just saying they don't do it well here, but there's something to really shocking an audience that way. That would have been very memorable and very affecting. And I guess you're right—that's basically funny games. But but still, uh, okay. It's but you also like the, should
2: make it. You should also make it shocking. Like there's no there's other than this horrible reveal about a father's suicide. There's. There's nothing else that's really shocking in yeah, the
1: movie. Yeah, which is unearned and crass. I guess what I'm saying is, uh, in a way, I'm kind of defending Mother. I guess, which was presented as if it was a creepy house and some strangers come in and cause trouble movie, but in actuality, was something much more challenging and strange that made people really uncomfortable to the point that they got mad at it. But that's yeah. not you're right that that's not what this movie is is attempting to do. It's attempting to be a sleepover horror movie, and instead they're throwing in like really rough things that in a tasteless way you know that are unearned okay so that's fair you know what i retract my case you guys win i accept the charges (laughs) uh truth or dare please take (laughs) Take it to movie jail okay so Uh olivia discovers who the guy was who caused all this it was giselle's friend sam aka carter the creepy guy who got them Uh, They go to get Marky. Marky's just about to shoot herself. Oh, no. And Olivia talks her out of it because they love each other. They're best friends, as has been seen so many times throughout the movie. They're devoted to each other, and they really enjoy spending time together. They go to Sam's apartment where he has sequestered himself, mainly by just covering the windows with tinfoil. I guess in case Mm -hmm. the sun tells him to truth or dare or the man in the moon starts talking to him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If he sees a cloud that looks like a smiley face. Yeah, yeah, Mac Tonight is like, hey, everybody, have some burgers for dinner. Truth or dare. I dare you to eat a McDonald's hamburger. And he's like, no, no, it's made of worms. And they're like, please, worms would bake to be too expensive. We get cheaper stuff to make our burgers out of.
0: Yeah, okay. this is one of the places where I'm like, unclear about the rules because I'm like, really, can you really avoid getting dared by questioning yourself like this? Because like, before people's truth or dare would get like burned into their arms, the words yeah. truth or dare. The so it doesn't just to seem like on this walls. should be effective. Yeah,
2: maybe when that happened, if that happened to him, he'd be like, Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been needing to get this ink done. <laughs> it's also, this led me to one of those and things from. He where I'm- took a quick Instagram of it and posted <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, it's one of those Hashtag movies. Hashtag Inktober.
1: This is a demon from Mexico. I mean, the demons are from hell. They're not from Mexico. But it's one of yeah. these things where I always wonder if demons just speak every language automatically. Because what if it was like, truth or dare to someone who didn't speak English and they're like, no sé okay? no sé, truth mm-hmm. or dare. No, I don't, no, 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 and like, no, and the, they,
2: uh, the uh, demon- Elliot's bit requires you to understand he's shrugging.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, so what is, like, what does the demon do in that scenario? Does he give up, or does the demon go get Rosetta Stone and learn the language that he needs to speak? Like, what?
2: I'm glad that this all-powerful demon is limited in that
1: specific capacity. <laughs> I'm just wondering; it seems unrealistic to me that this demon suddenly speaks every single language. Like, what sure. about Basque? Nobody speaks Basque. What about Magyar? Mm-hmm. It's a very difficult language.
2: Yeah. What if a person only was raised in like a weird, like dog tooth scenario? Yeah, exactly. And only, so, uh, and and only reads wingdings. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What a cruel trick to play on a child to teach them wingdings like it was the alphabet.
0: Now, how oh, do you pronounce wingdings? wingdings? Oh, damn. <laughs> okay. I
1: mean, to be honest, Dan, the sounds that are attributed to letters are arbitrary. You know.
0: All right, sure. We
1: invented that. It's not like an <laughs> L naturally makes that sound. Like, somebody made that decision.
2: You mean they're not all onomatopoeias?
1: But even in onomatopoeias may made of letters that are sound. Oh, boy. Never mind. Okay, so... Uh, they go to they go to his apartment and they beat him up until he he uh, and put take him at gunpoint to the church. They make him repeat the magic spell and the church starts shaking. Ah, it's like a love shack when they're dancing in it. Like and it the whole mm-hmm. place starts shaking. So, Lucas gets dared to kill either Olivia or Marky and he won't do it. So he gets possessed and then stabs Sam as Sam is saying the the spells and then himself. Sam didn't finish cutting his own tongue out. There's a more Olivia's like, "Okay, Sam, this is the hard part. I need you to cut your own tongue out and put it in this jar. And he's like, what? And she's like, do it. And it takes two or three back and forth. And he's finally like, I can't believe I'm doing this. And takes a knife and starts cutting at his tongue. And it's the fact that he takes the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. to say, he's I like, can't
2: believe I'm doing this. Yeah, he's like, long time reader, first time cutter.
1: <laughs> it's what people say when it's like, I need you to go out there. The the the, the rock star who's supposed to be here tonight they're not here. I need you to put on their costume and makeup and put on a show for these people. I can't believe mm-hmm. I'm doing this, but okay. Like for that but instead he's cutting out Jean-Claude to Van
2: Damme, the only way you can stop these terrorists is by playing goalie in this hockey
0: match. <laughs> this is uh, I doing
1: this. Can't is where, this.
0: <laughs> this is another part where I'm like, I'm not really clear on the rules of this game. Cause like the de- you say that the demon is is adhering to the rules, but apparently just because he the demon has uh, possessed Lucas That means that he can take A little moment to kill Sam Before he kills himself Yeah Which seems unfair to me
1: I mean to be it's, Demons are Do cheat It's one of those things Where like you, They're like those stories where it's like Satan is the Lord of Lies, you have to beat him by his own rules, and then Satan's like, Ah, you got me! But it's like, If he's the Lord of Lies, he could just do whatever. Like, why does he care about yeah. not breaking rules? Like, who's gonna go, who's who what? Who's the Satan police that's gonna put him in jail for this? Like, are you gonna sue him? John, John Constantine, uh, like, <laughs> Satan Police. yeah, the Hellblazer. Uh, so it's too late. Ah, Sam didn't finish it. It's Marky's turn, and Olivia tells <laughs> her, Pick Dare, pick Dare. She, and she's like if you trust me pick dare. the dare is to shoot olivia and olivia's big plan is to move slightly so that she gets shot in the arm uh, yeah yeah she
2: she matrixes
1: out of the way and now it's olivia's turn and olivia goes calix i truth or dare you and the demon is like oh what and he goes you're here i'm going to make you part of the game and this is this should be a very stupid loophole that she uses to stop him but instead calix goes no she goes, oh, she goes, she goes, She goes. goes. okay, truth. And she goes, tell us how to survive the game, how to win it. And he goes, you can't. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> I guess you're being truthful. But like, what was the point of that whole scene? It was almost like uh, somebody wrote a version of the script and they were like, this is a clever way to get out of this. I'll have them make Calyx play truth or dare and tell them how to defeat him. But then another screenwriter came on and was like, nah, we're not doing that. But they left the scene in. So they just had Kalix <laughs> go like, you can't, everybody dies. And so there's only one way to, to do this. To save Marky, Olivia sends out a web video. We, sent, we saw her earlier recording a web video about how important it is to do Habitat for Humanity stuff uh, because she was working for a different devil, Jimmy Carter. And But this time, <laughs> this time she sends out a web video telling their story, and she says, everyone who sees this video – Truth or Dare. Ah, it goes viral. We see people all over the world watching this video, and now they're all mm-hmm. playing the game and every and suddenly someone goes smiley and the game is spread. It's the exact same ending as the movie rings. The exact same ending. So yeah. guys, the, Dan, uh, uh Stuart, tell me about the I
2: can't I can't wait for Truth or Double Dare where It's set in like a post-apocalyptic wasteland where civilization has been destroyed by (laughs) Calyx's truth or dare game. Yeah, and there's small, disparate groups of survivors that uh, I don't know live in houses that are all with all the windows taped up so they can't see Mac tonight. Truth or daring them,
1: (laughs) or there's one city left that's run by like the president of Calyx or something, the United States of Calyx, and they have a sacrifice every night of someone who's going to play the game.
2: Yeah, that's and and there's a crowd
1: of people chanting truth or dare. Truth or dare, that kind of stuff. So, guys, this is a
2: mm-hmm. pretty smart ending, right? And and Mark Summers will play the president <laughs> of challenge. Oh, right? yeah, Mark Summers plays <laughs> so, the,
1: the – the, and he goes, physical challenge. Oh. <laughs> so, and so as we've seen – uh, so, Olivia has failed. Earlier, she said, of course, I would sacrifice my friends to save everyone in Mexico. But now she's failed that, that challenge, and she sacrificed everyone on Earth to save Marky, of all people.
0: Yeah. Dan, so, the understand? thought here – is that it, it's just creating a, such a big pool of players that it's going to take forever for the turn to come back around to her, I guess. Yes, yeah, that's idea. the thinking. Just to clarify the stupidness of this. Uh,
1: I mean, frankly, it is the way to win that game in a way. Yes. Beca- it, because you sp- it's much the way that health insurance works, where you spread out the risk, the financial risk, over lots and lots of people, so that when someone yeah. needs catastrophic help, the money is there, except... In this way, it's guaranteed that someone's gonna like. It's like every now and then someone just lights somebody else on fire from a dare because they're still playing two <laughs> truths in a dare. Somebody somewhere is yeah. gonna get dare.
2: And th- but think <laughs> of all the the good that'll come from you know society having to
0: reveal their truths. Yeah, that's right, fair, guys. Uh, sure, sure, sir.
2: Sure. <laughs> Dan, why is your face morphing into a weird smile face? <laughs> ah!
0: Truth or Dare, Stu.
2: <laughs> oh, and the great. So there's a song that plays over the credits that's wacky and talks about silk panties at up auntie's house or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the end of the the very end of the movie, as right before the whole thing cuts to black, we hear Calix's voice one more time say, "Truth or Dare." Demonic laughter. <laughs> now it says demonic laughter. I mean, it said it in the uh, in the closed <laughs> captioning. Oh, I see. <laughs> Now let me say this about this movie, guys.
1: I will say this, except for the moments where the characters revealed uncomfortable things to each other that were unearned. This movie is dull, but it goes down smooth. I didn't have to think very much, and there, I was kind of surprised. Usually, I'm like, "Oh, this takes forever," but this movie, where I was like, oh, this movie seems to go by pretty fast." Not because yeah, it's good, well, but it just slips by.
0: Well, we're in Final Judgments territory, so let's just make it official. Is this totally <laughs> we're terrifying?
1: <in> fi- <laughs> Sorry, we're in Is Final it, Judgments territory. We've got to walk softly or else the Final Judgment will find
2: us.
0: <laughs> where we decide uh, whether this movie was totally scarifying, totally snorifying, or frighteningly funny. Oh, uh, you remembered them. they etched into my brains, too. <laughs> and so it sounds like you're saying, Elliot, that it was snorifying, but you did not snore. It was totally
1: snorifying, but it wasn't snorifying to the point where I was like, ugh. Instead, it was just like okay, this is happening. All right. It was so like, it felt Aside from the fact that they, there was, I think swearing sometimes, maybe there even wasn't, it felt like a TV movie, to be honest to me, like it. And so it had that kind of like, there's something about a TV movie where no matter how dumb it is, you're like, okay, whatever. Like you're just watching it, you know? And this is what that felt like to me.
0: Yeah. I had the same experience as you. I think it was not a good movie, but it, it went down smooth, as you say, like it, was stupid but i was i felt like it moved along quickly and i was i hesitate to say entertained but i was diverted like i i didn't lose track of what was going on or want to fall asleep or any of that stuff that sometimes happens when i'm watching a truly bad film
2: i yeah i mean i'm with you guys it's uh, snorifying with uh, light on the snores it uh <laughs> unlike unlike uh, the last movie we watched where every let's say, two minutes, I was checking to see how much time was left in the movie. <laughs> so that's because that's it was uh, presenting you
1: with, with vi- unholy visions no man should ever <laughs> lay eyes upon.
2: Uh, yeah, this one, this one moved along in a pretty good clip. Uh, and... Despite the uh, the early death of my boy Ron Ron uh, and the, the bet money I had to pay you guys that I thought he was going to be the one survivor. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, yeah, it was fine. I listen to Reading Glasses because Bria and Mallory have great tips. My
0: suggestion for book festivals is just go for one day.
2: I listen for the author interviews... I was a huge
0: Goosebumps fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> R.L. Stein was totally my jam. I don't even read. I just like their chemistry together.
1: Literally, if on the bag it said, like,
0: this book made me shit my pants, I'd be like, that's, I'm buying this book. Yeah. Like,
1: like, I think the problem with blurbs a lot of times, I like that we both want to crap ourselves <laughs> over books.
0: I'm Bria Grant, and I'm Mallory
1: O'Mara.
2: We're reading glasses, and we solve all your bookish problems every Thursday on Maximum Fun.
1: Shirts, stickers, patches, posters, tote bags, aprons. Sure, you might have some of these things already, but do they rep your favorite Max Fun shows? We've got brand new items in stock at MaxFunStore.com. So why not stock up on gear that shows off the podcast you love? MaxFunStore.com. It's good stuff. We swear.
0: So we should move on, though, to our sponsors, our beloved sponsors.
1: We yeah. do beloved them, yeah. Our first sponsor Uh, is the movie and book Beloved. Tony Morrison's Immortal Story.
0: No, our first sponsor is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter sends you to, sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. My job? Your job?
2: (laughs) uh, Yeah. uh, yeah.
0: I'm sorry, Stu, that you, we didn't tell you. You're getting let go.
2: I mean, (laughs) I should have seen the writing on the wall. It said, truth or
0: dare. (laughs) But uh, ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. With their powerful recruiting matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resume, resumes and resumes. resumes. Sure. To find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash Flophouse. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Flophouse. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So (laughs) Yeah, we did it. Yeah. Uh,
2: So do I just pack my stuff up? Are you going to (laughs) mail it to me?
0: (laughs) No, we're going to have security escort you out, I'm afraid.
2: Uh okay, that's cool. Uh but- okay, okay, Archie, Sergeant Archie, the police cat. <laughs> oh, not you. Look don't, you don't have to touch me. I'll I'll go on my own. Stop touching me. Ow.
1: Ow. Come on, Stuart. Keep it meowing. Keep meowing <laughs> along. Uh
0: but we also thank you for the ZipRecruiter. We also are sponsored in part by Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Squarespace. It's the web design service that allows you to turn your cool idea. Into a new website to showcase your work, or perhaps announce an upcoming event or special project, or use its powerful e-commerce functionality to sell anything online.
1: Hey Dan, that that Where's... reminds me. So yeah. e-commerce functionality. I had an idea for a website that I came up with while okay. we were talking on the show. Uh, it's I was talking about a couple of different role-playing games, and they reminded me that I have a business I've been thinking about, and so I wanted to start mm-hmm. a site called www.dungeonsanddiapers.com, and we sell diapers mm-hmm. for crabs. Let's just be honest. Okay. If you have a pet crab, and I know I do, crabs poop uh-huh. everywhere. Very hard everywhere. to potty train them. They don't. They can't use the toilet because they'll fall in and drown. Crabs hate water. Yeah.
2: yeah, every time I try to teach my crab the difference between just pooping all over the place or pooping in a toilet, it just looks at me with the <laughs> that terrifying set of eyes <laughs> and mouth. <laughs> yeah, with those beady little eyes and that mouth that shouldn't exist. It looks so weird. Yeah, a blank uh, so- stare that says, if I was small enough, it would just devour me. <laughs> yeah, and so shells, are, uh, crabs already have
1: diapers. They're called shells, but those diapers protect their body. <laughs> it's time for a diaper that protects your carpet from the poop that comes out of a crab. So this would be a crab-sized and shaped diaper, and they don't. We have both disposable and reusable, and they are you know they'd be available on DungenessandDiapers.com. Uh They don't aren't just for Dungeness crabs, Alaskan yeah. King, Alt Fiddler. All Hermit, Uh all those kinds you can get diapers for. The Hermit crab already has a shell on its back, so it kind of poops into that. You just need to take it out, clean the poop out every now and then. It's not as much of a worry, but you can still get a diaper. They look adorable. There's a lot of different Uh designs, and I was wondering if Squarespace would be able to help me with that site with selling these diapers for crabs.
0: It certainly can, because uh, Squarespace helps you by giving you beautiful templates created by world-class designers, free and secure hosting, and nothing to patch or upgrade Ever. Ever, Elliot.
1: So Ever. I don't... Hold on. Let me get this straight. No patches and no upgrades, because I do have to patch the diapers sometime, because crab bodies are very sharp, and they will poke through mm-hmm. those diapers, and so I'm trying to find a way to get better patches for them.
2: Now, Elliot, are you nervous about the the competition you're going to be having with uh, crab, crap, crap caps? The place where you <laughs> put caps on all the crab crap?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean, we're hoping that we can maybe... Coexist in the same ecosystem much the same way that many different types of crab will share a, share an ocean, you know, uh, yeah. but that's always a question. That's always a thing. I mean, I think what sets us apart, and I think you guys have guessed it already. Our diapers have six holes
2: for all the yeah. legs. Whereas- oh, that is good. So and, as, and, as I mentioned, Andy caps, uh, crab, crab <laughs> caps, <laughs> uh, ha, it has the, it has the powerful branding of Andy cap. <laughs> yeah. You might know him from his hot fies, but
1: <laughs> well, we've been trying to, we've been trying to get a Brenda star endorsement to make it Brenda oh, stars, sure. crab diapers, but it's been difficult. It's been very difficult. Uh-huh. The Brenda star uh, people, do people not assume star
2: ball. is starfish, you know, like exactly. <laughs> it's
1: not a crab. Yeah. I'm sorry guys. For that, you have to go to you got to go to Starpons, who make tampons for for sea stars. But anyway, Dan, I'm sorry, you were talking about Squarespace.
0: Uh, well, the one thing I wanted to say <laughs> to end this uh, batan death march of an advertisement is to go to squarespace.com/flop for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code FLOP to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. So that's all we have in terms of sponsors this week. Oh, wait, but we've
1: got uh, got a couple things that we should talk about that we're sponsoring Uh ourselves. All right. So Uh we've got two live shows coming up. Oh, yeah, one in November. That's right. It's Old Homes Week as Dan and Stu return to the place where they went from boys to men. That's right, Motown, mm-hmm. Philly. Nope, just kidding. <laughs> Richmond, Indiana, where we're going to be at Earlham College, Saturday, November 3rd. Uh, it's part uh-huh. of their artist lecture series. We're just going to be – but we're not lecturing. We're just doing a show, and we're going to talk about uh, Jurassic World's Fallen Kingdom, and uh-huh. it's going to be super and fun.
2: W- we're not going to be the only dinosaurs – Oh, oh, oh.
1: <laughs> and now you guys are going to show up wearing your like straw boaters, raccoon coats, your little pennants that say Earlham, all that
0: stuff. Mm-hmm. That's right.
2: I mean, I think our friend Stefan dresses like that normally. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: true. <laughs> That's a joke for no one who listens to the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so if you live in the Indiana area, come on by and see us. That's Saturday, November 3rd. But then in January, oh boy, we're going to be at University of Wisconsin-Madison. Let's go, Badgers, and see us mm-hmm. January 26th, 2019. We don't know what movie we're going to do yet. We haven't decided. It's it's far enough in advance. So let's just say it's going to be really funny. And everybody should come see <laughs> us. Right, guys?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm all for that. Um. Uh, uh, and I got Anything one
1: more else? thing. I got one more thing to mention, just a personal thing. Okay. It's Shoktober, uh-huh. guys. And you know what people love uh-huh. in Shoktober? Children's books. Hey. Yep. So on Shoktober 30th, why don't you go down to your local independent bookstore and pick up Horse Meets Dog by me, Ellie Kalen, and illustrated by Tim Miller. It's the story of a horse and a dog, and they meet and they do not agree on something. It's pretty funny. And uh I'm gonna be doing a bunch of uh live appearances at play at schools in early November, I would advertise them, but it would be weird for Flophouse fans to just suddenly show up
0: at schools.
1: But I'm gonna see if I have any yeah. store appearances and maybe I'll mention them next time on the Flop House. Good night, everybody.
0: Okay, bye. Okay, well I guess the show's over. <laughs> uh I mean just as Ellie left, we can could still should. talk Dan what's <laughs> new with you, baby blue? Uh baby did you
2: call me like baby blue? <laughs> yeah, you got I call you baby blue. Uh. Um I don't know. I'm just trying to come up with material, you know? I'm just trying to come up with, like, stuff.
0: Yeah. Stuff to talk about. <laughs>
2: yeah. So what do we do next on the
0: show, Dan? Uh, traditionally, this is the point in the show where we answer a few letters from listeners. Folks uh-huh. who have taken their sweet time to write in. And I don't say taking their sweet time in the sense that they took a long time. That's mm-hmm. certainly that's what, what it, sounded like it sounded like, like saying. Yeah. Their, yeah. Time <laughs> is, their time is sweet. Okay. You know, it's 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 limited. It's limited on this earth. So each moment is sweet, and they have wasted some of it Uh talking to us. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that clarification having been made, (laughs) I'll (laughs) letters. (laughs) (laughs) Nice save.
1: Nice save. It's like I don't want it to sound like they are lazy, so instead I'll remind them that they're dying.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, this first letter is from Amy, last name withheld. Mm-hmm. Adams. Winehouse. Who writes... That is spooky. <laughs> so, so as a child, my favorite movie was Napoleon, a charming little number about a puppy walking through the Australian outback and meeting a cast of various wild animals. It was super charming and everything child me loved. The problem is, anytime I brought it up by name, people assumed I meant Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. A movie that, frankly, I've never really understood the appeal of. My question is this: Not that many animals. Are there any <laughs> movies you like but have difficulty expressing fondness for because they're overshadowed in some way by a better-known movie? That's Amy last name withheld. Right?
1: I will say this, Amy. I thought you meant Napoleon by Abel Gance, the the silent epic about the life of Napoleon. I was like, this kid has some like, is pretty highbrow tastes.
2: Like, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. And you were like that. That movie has so many animals. Yeah, there's <laughs> tons of animals. I feel, like, I, feel like that's, I feel like that's a dangerous thing to get a kid excited about is wandering the Australian outback meeting animals. <laughs> a land known for having deadly critters. Yeah. Well, that's, there's not a, critters from outer space. No, no, no. Just real no, animals. Well, they're not crites. Yeah, crits.
1: Now, uh, my brother, I remember him coming home from school one day. This is my brother who's three and a half years younger than me. And they had watched some of Walkabout in a class. Which is also about wa- wandering the And I was like, and he was describing this movie to me, and I was like, this sounds crazy. Did you make this up? He's like, this guy takes his kids out to the desert, and then he tries to kill them, and then he kills himself. And this other kid is walking around with them, and they, they didn't have any clothes on. And I was like, there's no way they showed you this. And then years later, I saw Walkabout, yeah. and I was like, why was he watching this at school? This
0: is crazy. <laughs> they were showing like, there's like an extended nude swimming scene in Walkabout. Did they watch the whole fucking thing? Featuring
1: like- the mother superior
0: from Call the Midwife of all people. I like to think of her more as the love interest from American Werewolf in London, but yes.
1: Is that the same person?
0: Jenny I got her? Yeah.
1: No, oh, I didn't realize that was her
0: in American Werewolf in London. Yeah. So well, we all learned something today. I hope so that answers your question.
1: <laughs> answering Amy's question. <laughs> I mean, have you guys had that, this uh, that situation?
2: This isn't exactly the same, but like Anytime I am telling somebody about how much I like uh the British comedy show The League of Gentlemen, people are like, "Oh, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen." And I'm like, "No, not the movie, although the comic book's pretty good."
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think I've actually like had this experience in conversation, but I always do get annoyed when a movie has the same title as a previous movie that I've liked just just anticipating the possible annoyance of it. Yeah. Like when uh when uh that well, I Will remember Dan, when, when soccer crash soccer comedy
1: when when crash came out, you were like, This yeah. movie's not supposed to be about racism. It's supposed to be about people orgasming during car crashes. How dare they? That's right.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was gonna say, uh you know, there's that Noah Bombach movie kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedy about college students like kind of not knowing I what feel they're gonna like do. Comedy
2: is being too nice
0: to them. I find that movie very funny, actually. <laughs> but but then there's a a Will Ferrell <laughs> family quote unquote comedy where I I won't I will not use the word comedy for that movie <laughs> about uh being a soccer coach and uh, it's also called Kicking and Screaming. One of them has an ampersand. One of them does not. But do you, you think can't, uh, do you, you think- can't make that clarification in. <laughs> The course of talking, you, say Do you, kicking
2: the screaming, you, you sound like a jerk. Sorry, Stuart. What yeah, yeah, you think uh, Ladybugs with Ronnie Dangerfield and Jonathan Brandis was originally called Kicking and Screaming? <laughs> uh, I, I have to assume well, so.
0: That that eliminates the entire uh, cross dressing portion of the yeah, movie what about from... what
2: about She's the Man starring Amanda Bynes? Okay. Was that originally that called, called kicking, kicking, and kicking and Screaming? Kicking what about First Kid? Was that was that uh, originally called Kicking and Screaming? Dan, was First Kid originally called <laughs> Kicking and Screaming? Yeah. Yes. I mean, to be fair, The
1: Karate Kid could have been called Kicking and Screaming. He kicks and he screams. Guy, guys, is every
2: movie called Kicking and Screaming?
1: <laughs> I think they might be. Uh, except Sidekicks, ironically, with Chuck Norris and Jonathan Brandis. Back to Jonathan mm-hmm. Brandis again.
0: All right. So the next letter is from Taylor, last name withheld. Swift. Who writes Sw- Splift. Who has.
1: Wait, is that the High Times parody of Taylor
2: Swift? I think I think I stole that joke from uh, from the Good Place, actually. So um. uh,
0: I guess I'll give them ten cents. So this Taylor has four questions. They're all sort of related. Uh, number one: Why don't you talk about Terry Gar more often? Number two: <laughs> What are your picks for Terry Gar's best and worst movies? Number three. Who was the best recurring guest on Letterman in the eighties? That's a rhetorical question. It was Terry Garr. Number four, is Dan's whole mildly depressed, exasperated manager shtick really just a brilliant long form homage to Dave Foley's performance as Dave Nelson and News Radio. Thanks for all the laughs, Taylor. Okay. We got a lot of meat in that sandwich. So I mean, let's start I guess
1: chewing. Terry Gar is is, I think, officially retired. So that's uh-huh. one of the yeah, reasons I think we don't
2: talk about her that much. She's
1: great. I love her. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did
2: somebody pull up her complete filmography so we can rate them from best to second Uh, best?
0: I've decided that her... (laughs) I don't mean to say
2: that as in she's only been in two movies. I'm just saying they're all probably pretty
0: good. I've decided her worst performance is uh, in Aloha Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. Okay, Dan, wow. truth or dare? Ch- did you really see Aloha <laughs> Scooby-Doo? No, I've never seen Aloha <laughs> Scooby-Doo. I just, oh,
2: the truth comes out. This uh, game is good.
0: Everything I, I've seen Terry Gar in, she's been uh, uh, delightful. So I had to look on IMDb for something that I would assume was not so I think yeah. pleasant I think the to watch.
2: movie with uh, Terry Gar that I have seen the most is Mr. Mom. Okay. Uh, a movie that for whatever reason is very important to me. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, that is a movie hey, that Well as a father. <laughs> as <laughs> a father yourself, Stuart. Uh, yeah,
2: as as a real life Mr. Mom.
0: That's one of those uh, movies. It does that- make me
2: it does make me view washing machines as a potential foe. That's why my clothes mm. are always dirty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for her best movie, she's not
1: the star of it, but if you're just looking at movies, I think her best movie is probably gotta be The Conversation. Which and she does okay. a lot with a with a with a supporting part in that, uh, and her worst performance is probably as uh, a gar or a gharial which is kind of a thin snouted crocodilian native mm-hmm. to like the subcontinent of India. And uh-huh. whenever I see them at the zoo, they're just laying about doing a lot of nothing, and they look super cool. So they should be doing uh-huh. fun stuff.
2: Yeah, they have those like long needle night like snouts, right? Exactly. Yeah. Perfect for digging into the body of a dead. I don't know, like uh
0: elk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a reindeer or
1: maybe uh you know Yeah. Yeah, maybe a buffalo. Uh,
0: uh I can't let this go by without mentioning uh of course she was great in Young Frankenstein.
2: Uh, I don't know if I've seen that movie.
0: Really? Not familiar. Who's, I'm fucking with you. I don't know. No, she's not
2: know, in Young
1: Einstein. What are you talking about? That's a Yahoo serious movie. Everyone's uh-huh. Australian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> fuck off guys and also honorable mention uh, although that was is, a
2: that was an easy way to get truth out of me Dan without even asking me truth or dare she has a relatively small
0: part in After Hours which is also very good
1: I thought you were going to mention After Hours I also like that movie a lot and I, th- I was like hmm what's the most stop making sensey of all the movies that Terry Gar made After yeah. Hours
0: oh I love After Hours it's so, it's like it captures something about 1980s like the feel of. I mean I wasn't in New York but like I just feel like I know it based on that movie. It's just, it the, the, the feel is so great.
1: There's just one thing I don't uh, like in that movie. It's when yeah. he's on his way to the date and he takes out the $120 bill in his pocket and decides to put it on the armrest of the door inside the cab and then it flies out the window. And he's like, oh yeah. no, my money. And it's like, why would you do that, dude? Take it out of your pocket, yeah. count it, put it back in your pocket. Like, what are you doing? Come on.
2: Uh, I actually have never seen
0: After Hours, so maybe I'll watch it. Oh, I think you'll like it a lot. It's a fun movie. Uh, and as to whether my persona is a brilliant tribute to Dave from News yeah, Radio. Yeah, truth or dare. Let's just say, <laughs> sure.
1: Okay, let's cool. Let's say yes. Can you say that in truth or dare? Just sure? <laughs>
0: what if, <laughs> sure. if it's truth or dare and
1: the answer is why not?
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> why not?
1: Now this is a tribute uh, to John Lovitz as the as the liar, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um This next is from Carrie or Kari. I'm sorry for not knowing exactly which one it is. Uh but she writes and this is late too. By the time we give her this informa- this uh, advice, it's not going to be worth uh, worth anything to her, unfortunately. Okay, so let's just
2: move along with
1: this question. <laughs> Great, yeah. Um, That's the Flophouse promise. It's like, can you wish a birthday for my friend?
0: Their birthday was in July. Uh, it's it's February of the next year. Um, so Carrie Arcari writes, I just found out that I'm going to be directing my first feature film this summer. Oh, cool. Which is a- absolutely bonkers, and I'm super excited. It's an indie production with a small cast. And we have a pretty solid, above-the-line crew lined up. My main concern is this. It's a comedy. While I'm a huge, long-time fan of comedies of all sorts, and I've been wanting to get involved in it for as long as I can remember, I've never actually worked on any sort of legitimate comedy projects. Do you have any advice for someone working on their first comedy? Such as what common mistakes can be avoided, how to dodge negative stereotypes, or any good reading material to study? Thanks for your help in the hours of entertainment. (coughs) Carrie, a.k.a. Kari.
2: Yeah, you guys are both uh, experienced directors of comedy.
1: Oh, yeah. Work in feature uh, films all the time.
2: uh, But seriously, you guys are actual comedians. So what's your advice?
0: Yeah, I I figured Elliot would have like some strong feelings about this. So that's the main reason I bought this.
1: Oh okay. I've got that's a couple. Cool. I've got a couple pieces of advice I would give. Take them with a grain of salt because you need salt in your diet a certain amount. Too much is not good for you. Obviously, blood pressure and all that. But you need a little bit of salt. That's why elephants are always going into caves and just licking salt blocks. You need it in your body. Mm-hmm. So, guys, that's my advice. Salt. <laughs> so, starring Angelina Jolie. I would say a few things. One is, look at a comedy that you like and see how they do things and kind of take it apart, look at it scene by scene, look at it moment by moment, and just kind of analyze and study it the way you would analyze anything that you're trying to figure out, like as if you're taking a clock apart. I do this a lot with stuff where I'll look at something and I will literally dissect it minute by minute to see how they're using their time and also moment by moment to see how scenes are built so I can get a better idea of how to do it. That being said, don't be a, a slave to any kind of like Rules and things. Um, you want to you want to keep things loose and funny. If something doesn't seem funny to you when you're making it, it's probably not that funny. The thing you hear a lot about the movie 1941 is people being like, we had all these hilarious people working on it. No one really thought it was that funny while they were making it, but they figured it would all cut together funny in the studio or in the, in the mm-hmm. afterwards. It didn't. So if you don't find it funny, then like maybe figure out how you want to find it funny and keep things loose so that you can – Keep that kind of comic energy, but not so loose that you end up with a bunch of Judd Apatow scenes, where it's just people rambling on about whatever, and it doesn't make sense from scene to scene as a movie. There was a uh, there was a story that was in an interview I read where Seth Rogen and Judd Apatow were talking about Knocked
2: Up, and Seth Rogen was saying how is this the one it, where Seth Rogen was talking about explaining internet pornography to Tom Cruise? No, this is a di- that's a different story. This, okay, this, okay.
1: Although that's a good story too. Is that a uh, Jonah Hill was like, so in this scene where I'm your best friend and you tell me that you just impregnated a woman, what's my feeling about this? How do I react to it? And he's like, let's try it both ways. Let's try it that you like it and let's try it that you don't like it. Let's just be loose with it. And it's like at that point, you don't really have a character or a scene, it seems to me. I could be wrong. It was a super successful movie. People love it. But, like, if you don't know how the main character's best friend is going to react to this life-changing news, then you might not have a firm grasp on what's going on in your movie. And – The last thing I'm going to say is if you have any very elaborate big moments that require a lot of production, they will probably be the least funny part of your movie. I call this the Caddyshack rule. Now, do I love Caddyshack? No. To be honest, it just doesn't really do it for me. But there are parts of it that are fun. I find Caddyshack to be the story of a bunch of assholes who just asshole around being jerks, and it doesn't really do it for me. But the funniest parts of Caddyshack are very clearly the parts that Bill Murray made up on the spot. And the least funny part of Caddyshack is the big boat scene where the boats are all crashing into each other, which I have to assume was the hardest scene to shoot of the production. Probably cost the most amount of money. And if you cut that scene out of the movie, it makes it a better movie. So if there's a big, big, big thing that involves a lot of like money and work and like the timing being just right, just take a look and see. Is this really going to be that funny when it's put together if we do it do it right? because. We might be able to save ourselves a lot of trouble and we'll just put in a scene that's a lot funnier of characters interacting with each other. Cause what's funnier than characters interacting with each other? Nothing. And they know that at USA where characters are welcome and at TBS, mm-hmm. very funny, but not at TNT mm-hmm. where they only know drama.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, that was
2: a pretty concise answer.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Sorry guys. Do you have anything you wanted, you wanted to add Dan?
0: Uh, I mean, this is kind of going off of what you were saying. Like, I feel like every comedy these days has, like, one or two big set-piece moments, and I think that that's because that's the way that comedies are sold these days. Like, studios want that sort of thing. I mean, even old comedies have big set-piece moments. Like, there's the giant
1: pie fight or the big car chase or going back. Yeah. And it never... And I think you're right that that's the scene that you sell, like, this is going to be in the trailer or something like that, and it never really works.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say... I would not advise you not to include that just because I think that it's expected, but I will say work to make the entire movie funny, not just like these set pieces. Don't coast on the idea of set pieces. The ideal comedies for me are things like, if you look at the things that Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright wrote together, they have all these things that pay off in the second half, but they're built on jokes that work as jokes in the first half. Like you see these things in the first half and you don't think like, Oh, that's just something that's going to pay off later. You think that's funny. And then you're secondarily delighted, like doubly delighted when it comes up again. And it's a a funny conclusion to that joke.
1: Some Um, of this advice is like storytelling advice and and more on the writing side and less directing. But yeah, it's like, uh, I think the, uh, it's, it's, I guess make not making people tense is a big part of it. It's hard to get funny stuff out of people when they're super tense, unless the joke is that they're tense, I guess. Like, I make Dan tense all the time because I think it's very funny. But if I was making a movie with him, I'd be like, hey, Dan, what's wrong? Let's, let's, uh, let's ease up. Let's relax.
0: Yeah. I, for the directing side of stuff, I mean, I'm not a director, but I do feel like a lot of comedies are just sort of directed flat. You know I mean, like there's not much thought into how the direction can enhance the comedy, like where camera placement and editing can juice up things you know like uh a lot of the a lot of the comedies seem to be like, let's just point cameras at funny people and then it'll be fine and so it's not a specific note, but as far as anyone can think like how can I use the elements of storytelling through direction to add to the humor that's always appreciated
1: uh and also this is and this is like oh, this is something you've probably already heard, which is like old old stuff but uh that uh people have said that kind of comedy exists in uh at, this is kind of against what Dan was just saying, but that comedy uh-huh. but comedy do, exists in kind of longer takes and You know, shots where you can see things, you know, that like you could kill a joke by cutting it up too much. There's always like, uh. Oh,
0: I'm not advocating for editing. I'm just advocating to like make sure that the choices you make are, as a director, are like, yeah, comic choices rather than just like, I don't know, shooting it like any other damn thing. Well,
1: not being, not being afraid to make comic choices for fear of wrecking the comedy, but the, uh, but it's like nothing. There's, if someone falls down on camera, it can be very funny and there's nothing funnier. There's nothing, no worse version of that than when there's a lot of cuts. Like, the yeah. least funny thing you can do in a movie is to cut in a close-up of someone going, oh, as they're falling down or something like that. So don't do that. Just have things happen.
0: Yes. Like, there's a lot, I think that there's like in every frame of painting, uh, that web series thing on this about using direction for comedy and like a lot of that is, Talking about slapstick and about how like slapstick is best shot like it's a dance sequence, you know, just like mount the camera like far enough away so you can see the action and sort of let it let it go loose rather. Lots than, of
1: auto tuning.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone should anyway. be wearing l- laser gloves. Uh, I don't know how funny any of this is, so we should just uh ask you know like say that we hope the best for this project. That already We're happened. We it. hope it went well. That already happened. Yeah, we hope it went well. Uh, write in and tell us what it is. I'd be curious to know. And maybe we'll talk uh, about it on a future episode of the Flop Pass. right, Dan? <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> that would be very. That would be a sad ending to the story.
1: Now, mm-hmm. now that we're done, we're done acting like we know what we're doing, what do we do next, Dan? We're done telling yeah, people what to do. We're done p- saying to people, here, do this thing because we think it's the right thing to do. We're done recommending things to people. So what do we do yeah. next on the show, yeah, yeah.
0: Dan? Uh, we recommend things to people. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Go. Uh,
0: specifically movies that we've seen that we think people should watch probably instead of the one that we watched. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at my. Does someone, does someone want to go? I'm looking at my list of movies I've seen because I can't think of one right now. Cool, yeah.
1: Well, I have Anyone one queued up. Stuart, do you want to go first yeah. or should I?
0: I don't care, man. <laughs>
1: okay. Well, I'll, I'll just say that uh, I finally got around to watching The Duelists, Ridley Scott's first movie with mm-hmm. uh, Keith Carradine and Harvey Keitel. Goes <laughs> which uh-huh. is the story of two officers in Napoleon's army who become somewhat obsessed with dueling each other and it starts off as a duel over a stupid thing that one of them calls the other on and then over years and years they are their whole lives are kind of centered around these this series of duels where they're each trying to kill each other for reasons that have become cloudier and cloudier as time goes on and it's a really beautiful looking movie it's really well done i liked it a lot and it was nice to see a movie that is in theory it's a movie about sword fighting and dueling but felt like it was about these two characters and their relationship and how complicated that could be, and I really liked it a lot. So, The Duelists. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. If you have seen it, why not watch it again? If you're Ridley Scott, good job.
2: Yeah, uh, I... I recently saw A Simple Favor, which I liked a lot. Um, so I'm going to, I guess I'll, I, I, I don't want to talk about it too much because I think talking about it kind of ruins some of the fun of the movie. Um, so I'd recommend going in as cold as you can. Anna Kendrick is great in it. Blake Lively is amazing. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, and... It ha- it prominently features uh, Blake Lively's husband's brand of gin, so that's cool. <laughs> uh, the uh, but the movie I'm going to recommend is um, so you know how you know how like we all have blind spots when it comes to classic movies, like foundational films for various genres. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like I'm sure there's classic movies that you've never seen. I think we probably talked about this on episodes of the Flophouse. So I have to admit that I finally got around to watching Undisputed 3 Redemption, (laughs) 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 the uh, Scott Adkins uh, MMA movie set in a prison where the worst prisoners around the world compete in a martial arts competition for big bucks. And it's really great. You don't need to see Undisputed 1 or 2, but those are also good. Uh, but Undisputed 3 is great because it takes the villain from the second movie and makes him the hero, played by Scott Adkins, his character Boyka. And Scott Adkins has an ability, like, for a guy who is basically like, I guess, the modern Jean-Claude Van Damme, he has an ability to play these, like, grumpy, brooding characters that in no way are, like, fun. <laughs> uh, but it there's, like, a charm to a guy who is, like, just an asshole jerk, who is also very good at kickboxing. <laughs> and uh, it also manages to, to work pretty well as a love story between uh, his character, Boyka, and the American competitor, Turbo. Uh, it's a, they seem to share like a friendship that borders on love affair that never actually is consummated or addressed in any way, but it like, it really feels like it's there, you know, and it's kind of great. Uh, so yeah, like I feel like at the end, Boyka's learned to love a little bit as well as learned how to beat the shit out of a dude. Um, All right. So, I mean, I guess he already knew that. But, uh, yeah, so Undisputed 3 Redemption. Uh, I, I feel like uh, I'm probably late, late to the game
0: here, guys. <laughs> but, uh. Uh, because it is Shocktober, I'm going to recommend a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a limited recommendation, but I did enjoy it. It's called What Keeps You Alive? And it's streaming right now. It's about um, this married uh, couple of women go to a cabin – out in the woods and oh, I always happens, saw that movie. So it's called Cut Ca- Cabin in the Woods. Specific. <laughs> uh It's there, a, Dan. There weren't tarps involved. There are no sex tarps, Stuart. It's not that kind of movie. It's just I don't want to talk about it because there's betrayal and there's like it's all about how unknowable your partner is. You know how there's you can't always be one hundred percent sure about anyone else. And whether yeah. they might wish you harm or not, it's kind of oh, so like uh,
2: it's, it's kind of like V, where you can't, you never know if somebody actually is like a lizard person who eats rats or whatever. exactly. Well, oh, it's like a movie version of Billy Joel's "The Stranger."
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and um,
2: that's what inspired that book, right? Le trompe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, Camus was like, "It's true, we all wear a mask. Some is silk, and some are leather."
0: <laughs> it's uh one of these movies where like. To some degree, you have you get you lose sympathy for the hero because they make some dumb choices in the movie, and you're like, "Come on!" Like mm-hmm. it's hard in horror movies sometimes. You're like, "That's you're just." And are they like dumb choices you where you're yourself? like,
2: like you know, drinking too much the night before a big project is going to make you feel bad. Exactly. You're not going to be top of your game, or is it like, mm-hmm. like don't open that door because. Uh you shouldn't look in the basement because children shouldn't play with dead things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh children shouldn't play with dead things, certainly. Um I was trying to think of another like weird <laughs> title to a horror movie. Like the only thing I came up with was Who Slew Auntie Roo. But <laughs>
2: that's a horror movie? Oh, I've but, seen that uh, movie, yeah. Not,
0: What's wrong with yeah, Helen? It's an, another one like that. It's not an imperative statement. <laughs> no, that's true. But um get out it's, uh,
1: has anyone used that mm-hmm. for a movie title
0: yeah there you go what about don't but breathe. what keeps you alive <laughs> what keeps you alive is very stylish so that speaks uh, well to it it's uh, it's got a lot of beautiful shots so that's kind of what it coasts along on a little bit uh, but if you're looking for a horror movie you could do worse it's streaming right now. You could do worse, Rave's
1: Dan McCoy. (laughs) Well,
0: the thing that I saw recently that I really loved is outside of our purview. I went and saw uh, My Fair Lady at Ligon Sitter uh, with Lauren Ambrose, who will be in the role until the end of October. So if you uh, live in the New York area and you want to really enjoy yourself, go out and see that. Mm -hmm. Buckle uh, your seatbelts.
2: It's a scarifying adventure.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) It's the story of one woman being terrorized by her vocal feature. Yep. Uh but anyway, that was uh that was a delight. Cool. My Fair Lady. Okay. Is my recommendation. <laughs> okay. okay.
1: So Dan's October recommendation, a stage production of My Fair Lady. Mm-hmm. I guess um, but- walk don't run don't walk to the airport to get to New York City
2: to see mm. My Fair Lady. And if you're listening to this after the run is ended, uh you snoozed and you lost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You snossed and you
1: lost. That's the way it works. That's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm E.L. Pillsbury. (laughs) Good (laughs) night, everybody.
0: So what do we do now, boy? Speaking of good night, everybody, we should sign off. Uh Uh, Hey... this is a hey. Uh,
2: this is a Max Fun production
0: over at Max Fun Studio.
2: <laughs> so listen to some Max Fun podcasts. That's what I was dudes. exactly going to say. There's a lot of great Max
1: Fun podcasts out there. Listen to them. Find the ones you like and subscribe to them. And then maybe review them on iTunes. Review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tweet about us. Use the hashtag uh, Flophouse, All those things. Dan, what were you going to say?
2: Yeah, if you like movies and podcasts, there's a ton of great movie related content on Max Fun, like Switchblade Sisters. Who shot ya? Uh, Who shotcha? Uh, what's uh, what's Ben and John and I don't Aaron's care. Show? What I was gonna plug
0: was that uh, speaking friendly of Max fire Fun, is what it's called. Yeah, it's not important. <laughs> speaking of Max Fun, or maybe, Fun maybe Podcast, you just want straight up
1: comedy. Beef and Dairy Network. Lots of great Max Fun podcasts out there. Dan, oh, what you going to say? Oh, for
0: fuck's sake! <laughs> speaking of Max Fun podcasts, if mm-hmm. you like this one, Elliot and I were on Jordan Jesse Go just recently. That's Why dope. not look that up? I think um, the episode
1: is entitled "Fart Me to the Moon." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know what you're uh, getting,
0: exactly. But uh, well. people, people
2: made a point to tell me how great you got, how great that episode was, and how great you were on it. And I'm like, yeah, they're usually better when they have comedy guys. <laughs> oh, no, it's
0: Stuart. no, I, don't know about I get that. it, okay.
2: No, and no. Then, and then I just start drinking, and I never stopped. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. Stuart has one of those beer hats on, but it's just two bottles of tequila. Hmm. Uh, anyway. Stuart just agreed with that, so we should mm-hmm. move on. Thank it's, you for explaining it's what it,
2: mm-hmm it's my extensive, means. It's my Im- extensive
0: improv training <laughs> <here>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It's not so much yes and as
0: mm-hmm. Oh, it's the Dan McCoy method. Anyway, uh, we should sign off and say uh, we are having a lovely Shocktober. We look forward to another Shocktober ep- episode next time. But for now, I've been Dan McCoy. And I'm Stuart Wellingtown.
1: And I'm Ellie Kalen, author of Horse Meets Dog, October 30th. Buy it at your local bookstore.
2: Bye! See ya! Mm-hmm.
1: Nine. ABC, always be counting. Mm-hmm. IBS, irritable oh. bowel syndrome. Uh-huh. Okay.
2: You got any more? No, ABC, that's...
1: already been chewed.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. TBS, America
1: Superstation.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, PYT, brother. pretty young thing.
2: Maximumfun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.